Welcome to D-Comedy, your rewatch, review, whatever you want to call it podcast. This month, your D-Commentators are me, Lucas. And me, Emma. And we are here today to talk to you about the Disney Channel classic, Stepsister from Planet Weird. A very long and very unworthy... Uh, no, I, I got the title right, but I couldn't say... You want to try that again? Yeah. We're going to take it I'm again. I'm going to take that back to the beginning. Yeah, we're going to take that <clears throat> Hello, everybody. Welcome to D-Comedy, our rewatch, review, whatever you want to call it podcast. This month... God damn it! <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to <laughs> Emma. I had Emma. You have to put some of this in. This is killing me. <laughs> Luke's never struggled with the intro this much ever. Hello, everybody. Welcome to D Comedy, our rewatch, review, whatever you want to call it podcast. This month, your D commentators are me, Lucas. And me, Emma. And we are here today to talk to you about the Disney Channel classic Stepsister from Planet Weird. A wordy and rather unwieldy title, but I managed to get through it. I definitely didn't bungle a bunch of takes. <laughs> the amount of out. takes that it took to get a very simple title out of his goddamn mouth. It was un- never bungled it, it so much. It was, yeah, we're all starting off at a great foot here today. Yeah, but you know what else starts off at a great foot? This movie. No. With the line, wind, there's nothing else like it. <laughs> no, okay. We're not even, we can't even start there. Like, Why I, not? That's the first that's thing. That's the first thing, but we, we, we need to talk a little bit about it. So, did you remember this movie at all? Because you picked it. You said you remembered watching yes. it all the time. Okay, yes. you remember. I remembered, like, a lot of beats of this. I remember the hairdryer thing at the I, end. I've seen the images of the hairdryer. I remember that he's, she's I, a bubble in the sink. I remember that. <sighs> I want to be very clear up front, guys. I watched this movie not high, not drunk, not under the influence of anything last night. I love this movie. I thought this movie was great. I'm going to rip it to absolute shreds. As everyone says, I say I love a movie and then I rip it to shreds. Don't get it twisted. I really enjoyed my time with this movie. I wasn't a fan. Wasn't a fan wow. personally. It was so like what you're hearing here is like what you gotta read, guys, under the text uh, of Luke's go. statement is that Luke hates women. Yeah, yeah. And it's almost like I could have just cut you off. Especially female refugees from war-torn <laughs> wow. countries. Wow. Who are suffering from political unrest. Because that's what this is a story about. No, what I hate about this movie, and the number one thing that kills me for it is Found that, family. No. People searching for a new home. And that I think you'll have to agree with me about it is the pacing of this film is atrocious. Oh, I actually have no... I love the way it's written. I could I love, not... I, guys, I actually, handle. for the first time in my life, in this fucking podcast, I wrote down, I love the way the script is written. No. Where it flips between their perspectives. Oh, God. No, that I actually don't have a problem with. First of all, it takes like a 15-minute voiceover narration to get started. Oh, the whole movie's done in voiceover <laughs> yes, narration. Yes, it is. But that's all... They, they, there's more voiceover but than the, actual but dialogue. That, everything in the first, like, 15 minutes minutes is just exposition the actual like plot starts after all of that exposition comes out this is basically a movie of people talking to their diaries yes it is cut is over that. actual scenes no one's talking to each other but even once they get going into that plot this movie has like this thing where the conflict just kind of they're like three, no it never really happens <laughs> there's like three conflicts and they keep 
keep happening, like spurst out, and then what happens? And okay, we're moving on to the next. The stakes are so the low. The stakes also, are so. What looks so you guys weird. Understand Luke's hands? Like it's just tiny little bumps. Like it's yeah. like oh, that's a tiny little bump. We're gonna go with that tiny little bump. And I love that. I love how things weren't really a problem. I was like, this is so enjoyable. I'm not stressed at all. I, I, just, <laughs> I think Emma just really needed a non-challenging movie. <laughs> She's nodding. This movie didn't really challenge us in any way. Which is wild because it's about straight up aliens. It's a straight up and like it goes to weird places with its deep like how deep this comes. <laughs> There's like guys. I oh think God! That I'm gonna you guys are gonna I'm gonna get hate mail for this. I think there's great world building in this movie. No, I understand zirconian. That's like, not I what it's called. <laughs> it's zircalon. First of all, <laughs> zirconium is like an element. But like, there's zirconians. Yes, but it's zir, It's called zircalon. But there's zirconians. Because she sings a song where she's just the name of the planet. She's which a great is great singer. Shut up. <laughs> Okay, all right, guys. It's guys. Oh, we've been saying it all season, and finally, have an Emma and I are no longer on the same page I <laughs> with this movie. movie. Okay, here. Let's. We're gonna get into it in a second. Um, first of all, quick news. Here's some news you'll be excited about. Zombies 3 officially happening. We're going to space. We're going well, no, of aliens. No, space is coming to us. Actually, yes, great segue. Space is coming to us. Zombies 3 has been officially greenlit, um, here from the Hollywood Reporter. Zed and Addison are beginning their final year at Seabrook High. Town has become a safe haven for monsters and humans alike, which implies to me that we're getting more monsters, like our vampire is going to show up. Why not at this Again, point? Again, that makes literally no sense in the lore of the movie with this original no. zombie plot, but whatever. Zed is anticipating an athletic scholarship that will make him the to first wear. the first zombie to attend college <laughs> um which there's a lot of <laughs> Symbolism. Not have time to unpack all yeah, of we that. don't have time to unpack all of that. While Addison is gearing up for Seabrook's, Seabrook's first international cheer off competition. Be cheer. Of, course. <laughs> of course it was. Then this suddenly. Is their first cheer competition? A competitive it's cheer team. International. International. Oh, God. What about Galactic? Then suddenly extraterrestrial yep. beings appear around Seabrook, provoking something other than friendly competition. So are they also cheerleaders? Yeah, for sure. Okay, great. Also, like, these movies are so great. They are literally. Literally the Fast and the Furious of the Disney universe. Like, those aliens by the fourth one are going to be part of the squad. No, this is supposed to be the last one, it said. Um, It's supposed to be... I want there to be, like, a Zombies 10. (laughs) You just let it keep going. And then also, this is a little little time-sensitive news. We're a little late on the uptake, but that's how recording schedules go. Uh, Disney Channel is doing this thing, which is a a terrible title for an event, but it's called Decom and Dessert. I could have workshop that more. It sounds like it was the first Um, one. Every every Monday, starting... uh, April 5th. By the time you hear this, this will have been going on for a while. Oh, uh, we did. <laughs> April 5th to May 24th. Um, they will be airing a classic Disney Channel original movie um, at 7 p.m. I don't know if that's central or what time zone that's based on. Check your local listings, I guess. <laughs> Check, your <laughs> Check your local listings. Um, they're airing a classic. Will this even be going on when this podcast yeah, yeah, comes it's out? Going, it's going on through April into Why May. Why are we doing free press for a company that isn't paying us anything? <laughs> yeah. What do you think this entire podcast is? <laughs> um, they're airing classic decoms and they're bringing on old stars to like talk about them and like do little interviews. What's the dessert aspect? I think it's supposed to be that it's like 7 p.m. and they want like families to come around the TV and like eat dessert. I don't know. It's a terrible title, I said. But they, yeah, we've seen... <laughs> that really sounds like somebody but we, there's little put in their two weeks in the marketing department and is now yeah, they didn't, phoning it to fucking... They didn't try. Um, but we have, like, Will Friedle, Ryan Merriman... Guys, everybody... Chrissy Carlson Romano. These, I'm looking at the webpage over Luke's shoulder, and um, besides Chrissy Carlson Romano, who looks fabulous, everyone looks like legit shit. <laughs> well, <laughs> all of these old school to stars. To be fair, I don't think look, they, they've all invested in high-quality webcams. Well, no, I'm saying, like, that's what 
what I'm saying. Oh, like, okay. Disney should have set them up with a fucking ring light. Ryan Merriman. <laughs> it does look like it's from his garage. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? Like, Wolfram not clearly from his voiceover studio because he's a voice actor. Could they not set up, like, a screen behind him? He actually, I, I watched the little trailer they put out for this. Ryan Merriman is literally like, you know, DCOMs, man. I'm just glad to have a couple of hits out there that yeah. people come back. Like, he's very laissez-faire about this whole thing. And clearly I appreciate he's that. sitting appreciate in his that. garage. But yeah, that's all the news we have to talk about. Let's start. Let's go back into Stepsister from Planet Wind. Over. There's nothing like okay, it. Okay, yeah. So this was my biggest thing. Is I the first line in this movie is insane. Well, yes, but I was under the impression I was like, okay, it's a movie about aliens, and and this is part of it too. Is I don't want to be too harsh on the movie because I did not hate it. It was not like I was loathing every minute having to watch it. I kept expecting things to go away that would be entertaining and enjoyable, and it doesn't really ever go that way because like so I'm the thing I knew. There's the sister and the father, aliens, you know, so I was like, all right, so, you know, she's going to find out she's an alien, they're going to, the whole family, hijinks are going to ensue, etc. Number one curveball that gets thrown my way, windsurfing. Yeah. <laughs> the, the heavy okay, windsurfing component. Okay, when you about what I remembered about this movie, I remembered the whole actual plot of the, the dad marrying the mom and the daughter being an alien and then, like, not getting along and trying to break the parents up. Parent trap? Or not... Reverse parent trap. I did not remember anything about windsurfing. So when that came on my screen as the first thing our main character was doing, I was gobsmacked. Yeah, I was like, why is this a part of this? And if there's a very obvious reason why. Because it, it's, it, it's connected to the aliens are scared of wind. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm holding back, like, spoilers, but I mean, like, it's... They, they, you can't hold back spoilers because they tell you she's they, an alien they, almost they, at the they, 20 There's no surprise. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's no... Like, how... Like, obviously the, the movie's called Stepsis for Planet Weird. That's pretty obvious. There's an alien vibe, but, like, the scene where she walks in on her in the sink, if that had just happened and that was the real she was the alien, that would have been a good, like, I, that, That's how I remembered it happening, because that's how I think it's presented in the trailer or something. Like, I remember her discovering her in the sink, and I thought that happened, like, at the first date night. It doesn't happen until, until the last like the- <laughs> 20 minutes of the movie, and even then they try to convince her that she was making it up. Oh, they gaslight her. They gaslight her. <laughs> it's awful. We'll get there. I love Cosmo and Ariel, or Sawina and whatever his real name is. Yeah, we don't get his real I name. I don't want to, like... I don't, I don't know what his real name is, but I'm just saying, them gaslighting that child into believing she's fully crazy. Truly dark. Not great. I, I actually don't think... <laughs> they think her name was shrink. I actually... We're, we're, we'll get more into that later. But here's the thing. We'll, we'll get into Cosmo, too, when we meet him. Um, but I, I do think Cosmo... I keep wanting to say Cosmo Kramer, because Seinfeld. Uh, Cola. Co- Cosmo Cola. I do think Cosmo is genuinely a horrible being. Oh, I thought he was a beautiful man. No, because he's willing to let this daughter just freaking be raked across the coals for discovering the secret, and then... No, I mean, at, at that point, I did that. But oh, until and, then, I oh, was yeah, on his side. Yeah, yeah, And then, I mean, he also, you know, continued lying to the woman that he apparently loves. And also, I'm not sure... We'll get there in a second. I'm not sure his wife is actually dead. No, me! <laughs> Think and like, if so, very soon, Dad. I think, yeah, I think he just wanted, came to another planet and has been like, I'm, I'm here for a good time, not a long time. Let's get wet and wild, baby. Um, anyway, <sighs> so we open on our main character, Megan. And I said, who is this girl? She's literally in everything from this era. And I said, ah, it's the girl from the 13th year. Oh, it is? It, yeah. I didn't look that up. I did look up that the, the mean girl who's only in it for like five seconds is Margie from Xenon. Yep, That's yes, the only one that's, I... She's a, she plays the same character in yeah, Xenon. literally the same character. But we open our main character, Megan. She's windsurfing. And we have... And I was like, if we're gonna, you know, if we, I'm, if I'm thinking next year we add a category to the DCOM awards for most obscure sport, and windsurfing has got to take it home. 
<laughs> like that is up there with mountain boarding. Like what the fuck, Disney? I think maybe though that that could be something that's in like, like the kids are the, super the, into wind. That could be something that's in the grand finale of the decom awards. But I think if you do it every year, you're gonna be lack for candidates. Um, but yeah, no, I'm like we said, it's just because there's a thing that the aliens are afraid of wind because they're all gaseous. So they were like, what can we get that really polarizes them? They're really on opposite side of the spectrum. Who? What kind of people love wind? Wind surfers. Couldn't they be like old. really into kites or something? Well, okay, that's also not better. What are you talking <laughs> well, about? Well, I thought it was just from a movie making perspective. If I was a studio ad here, like that kite surfing shit looked expensive to film. Especially like this dream se- sequence. Okay, whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> kite surfing, you're holding kite. That's the point. But no, Emma, the, the big thing for me here, which I think is easier. If we're not an integral part of the story, you don't need yeah, no, it's the, the which wind not, There's not that many scenes. It's not like there's a competition for windsurfing. But, but the thing I was expecting. The thing that I was that makes more sense to me and would have been more easy to like visualize and understand is have her be afraid of water. Yeah. And like and like just make her surfers. The water calms her. Which doesn't make any sense to me. But we'll get there. I don't understand it either. We meet Megan and we get our classic uh, voiceover narration to start a movie. She's like, "Hi, I'm Megan. That's me. Average American girl. Average everyday teenage girl. And that's Cutter. And I said, "What's this man's name? Cutter. (laughs) Cutter. Oh, I wrote it down. I think. I want to say something about Cutter. Um." He stays in these pages. Homie, like, is I don't know what that a means. side character for, like, all the entire movie, and then plays an absolutely crucial role at the end, yeah. and has so many lines. Why does he have so many lines? They act like he's been their best friend. Yeah, the entire time, time. Which is really what I think, which I, I feel like the Megan character, we meet Megan's best friend, Mikey, who is in, like, two scenes. And disappears. And disappears. And, disappears. and, I felt, and it's like, I felt like she, like, she really needed a best friend to kind of bounce things off of, yeah, and, no. like, play off of. It really doesn't work. Like, so Cutter maybe could have fit the light role, but there's this dude named Cutter, He's got bleached hair. Um, she, like, bleached cutters tips. every anything but average. Everything but average, and does not say what it is. And this like, man's face was like a foot, by the way. <laughs> not touching that. Uh, he falls off the windsurfer thing, and then she pulls him up onto her windsurfer, which is not how that works. No. But also, it's a dream. But it's so like it's a sexy motorcycle. Like get on the back of mine, baby. And then it's like um, that scene in Hitch. Uh, guys, by the way, I want to just be clear on my notes here. I don't know what was wrong with me. Maybe this is why I like this movie so much. He, he then goes uh, like this. She drives him back to shore on her board, and he goes, "Hey." Megan, be my girlfriend. And I was like, oh my god, already? Yeah. We're only one minute and 43 seconds in it. That's crazy. And then I was like, my next one is, oh my god, it's a dream and I fell for it. I, I also fell for it. Don't feel bad. <laughs> Did you really? I fell for it in this instance and then like, they could, because then they just, she just goes, okay. And I was like, why is she so blase about it? And then, because there's no indication that it's a yeah. dream. And then like, her parents come up from her like walking on the water and is like, hello, Megan, we have decided to get back, together, back together. together. And I was like, oh, it's a dream. So it's fine. Let's just talk about it here. Obviously, this is about, you know, family blend. Um, you know, mom getting remarried. And like, there's kind of a weird, subtle message that like Megan is not ready for her, like not over her parents' no. divorce. No, 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 very much not. And they don't ever, there's no, like I was waiting for the emotional scene where she like breaks down being like, I just want us to be a family again. And, like, But they don't give you that. They don't, we don't get that. That's, her dad's also kind of an asshole. Oh, he is. Her dad's a horrible human being. <laughs> like that's not, I don't want them to get back together, but she clearly is upset about it still. Uh, but she's never, it's just so weird because like we don't even give her the full like, I love my dad. And, like he's like a good, guy and like he could change or something like she like knows her dad's an asshole and it's just like oh, I, I also she's like, they must have liked each other at one point if they had me and my brother and I'm like that's not really a good enough reason for your parents to get back together Megan. right but I mean I understand when you're a 
kid and you just like want things to go back to the way they were when it was simpler, I kind of get it. But the thing is, I was actually not expecting the dad to show up in the entire movie after we see but he has one he appearance. He comes in hard in the he third act. He comes in hard in the third act. Fred makes his presence known. But so she gets woken up from her dream by her brother, Trevor. Who's a really cute kid. Yeah, I actually like this kid character. I don't character. know who that kid is, but he's He a loves cute Will kid. Smith in Men in Black. Which hey, is, this is my which, favorite part. Which of is very accurate for the year 2000. This part of this movie is the best. The topical references they make in this movie date it so much in the most amazing way. They are walking down the stairs and the kid's like, I want to be a Men in Black. I want to be a Men in Black. And she's like, you can't be a Men in Black. And he comes and he's like, I want to get jiggy with it. And I was like, yeah, that does oh happen. my God. 2000 hit this movie with a stick. Well, I, I disagree. I think what this movie truly is, and as we all know, as we've said many times, Disney Channel is continuing like seven years behind everything. And also the 90s stuck around for very long. I feel like this movie is holding on to the 90s with, oh, wait, with well, an I'm iron grasp. it was filmed in like 98. Yeah, yeah, And it yeah. came out in 2000. So it's it's like late 90s. And this was like when I was a kid. Like I, something about the architecture of this movie, like the houses, the... Yeah, the layout of their house is, is crazy. It looks like the house... Not the aliens. No. They're the normal it look, people. It looks like the interior of the of the playhouse from out of the box. Like, or like the on color, McDonald's The playhouse. colors are so wild and it's laid but out crazy. But then the kitchen is like normal looking. I don't know. I don't know, dog. It's so wild. And it's bright blue stairs. Like the, it, no, the it, color palette's insane. The, I, the, 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 not the props, the background, the set designers. The set designers had a crazy time with this oh, place. I, I, For I, no I, reason. It's, it's literally so 90s. Every, the mall they walk around is so 90s. Like it, I, I love everything about that aspect of this. Then what happens? Isn't there like a full flashback of when her parents were married? Yeah, she's breaking down for us. And like like we mentioned, like the majority of this is told narration either from her or Ariel, who we'll meet later. And obviously we've railed against that many times. But they actually, they, the fact they make it an interesting device yeah. about like writing to the diary and they go back into it. I, because it's, it's a good I, version. I think it's a good version of the voiceover because they don't abandon the voiceover ever. That like too. that, it is a continual device they use throughout the thing to show different perspectives. And I think I, we need to understand, like, yes, it's a little heavy-handed, but it's also a kids' movie. Yes, that, and it helps you understand the fact that, like, oh, like seeing something through someone else's eyes who's new to town or the planet, like they might, <laughs> you know, see things a little differently than you, and maybe they're sad too, and like, you know, that exactly. like. That, I think, is a very good narrative device for this specific I, I movie. I agree. And, and you bring up a good point, which I, I want to touch on, because of what I was saying about, like, I didn't hate this movie. I, I, most of my issues with it are purely from, like, a story being, like, good storytelling perspective and, like, being entertaining. But, like, obviously there are a bunch of things that I inherently want to gripe on about, like, the logic of the movie. That, like, the mom is marrying a guy she met in two weeks. Okay, well, the mom is a slut. Well, the mom, yeah. I, the uh, mom, I have a lot, a lot of problems with. But here, I, the mom is also, you were going to get to it after the flashback, but it is not a great mom. No, I don't know what the I've, woman's I've, doing. I have a lot of problems. But this is what I'm saying. Like, obviously we can poke holes in this or whatever. But the thing that kind of, I think, saves this movie from that kind of derision for me is that it's based on a kid's book, like a lot of mm. movies are, uh, DCOMs are. And, like, obviously the stuff that's logical in those books is not going to translate well to film. And you kind of have to make that decision of what to do with it. So I do absolutely think that this movie understands that, like, its concept is crazy and stuff. But, like, that doesn't make it enjoyable to watch. And plus... It is is so enjoyable and plus but the, the thing that really gets me and we'll get into it as we keep going Megan I actually think is a great character she's great funny funny her she act, has good lines her actress is doing a good job but also the thing that gets me about it is as we will watch it's not just with the gaslighting thing 
This whole movie is basically the entire world turning insane while she remains yes, the one so rock of sanity amidst the ocean of craziness. And just watching her, like, like she's I She's being tattered in the wardrobe. Like, she's just wins. screaming into the void. Like, this isn't, this doesn't make sense. It's like she and knows. No the, one knows. Yeah, it's like she knows the world is, the, this movie doesn't make sense. Like it's, like, like, it's based on a children's book, like The Logic is whatever. And she's like, no, this doesn't make, make sense. sense. This world has rules. <laughs> like, it's, and it's honestly kind of heartbreaking. And everyone's like, no, it doesn't. No, have some root beer. Yeah, but yeah, she gives us she gives us a flash. Even in this first fucking scene, when the mom hands her soup at nine a.m., she's like, "That's not how anything works." I got put out of the soup yet, but she gives us a flashback that, like, yeah, my parents are divorced. They've been split up for a little while. And then we get like a flashback to them all hanging out at the beach, and the dad has to like take a phone call. This dad, this actor is so fucking creepy to me. I I cannot describe. Well, him. I didn't. I didn't. This is why I didn't expect him to come back is because like ninety percent of his dialogue here is just him dubbed over. Yes. And so I thought he wasn't going to come back. It's also, it's like a dubbed over ADR and he's lifting the chairs because they're at the beach in this flashback and he literally says like, fun in the sun in like a green goblin voice. Like, I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, he, yeah, he that was, was just, so creepy. That was just corny dialogue that they were like, what? Fun in the sun. Yeah, they were just like, didn't know what to have him say. But the point is that he's a busy businessman and he prioritizes business, business, business. He prioritizes the work over his family and he takes like a six hour phone, phone call, call. <laughs> instead of playing at the beach with his family. In the car. Go home. But then like we find out that the mom runs a windsurfing store and I was like, oh, so the windsurfing is going to be, like, a thing. Well, there's a line here where she's like, I love my mom. Like, she's a little different. But she's the only person who loves windsurfing. <laughs> that's, that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, that's the best connective tissue you have with your mother. But, yeah, because they come down for breakfast and she puts a, she hands them plates. And on the plates are just crackers. And, I think the mom is... And, and she's like, mom, you can't... And, again, <laughs> Megan being the only one... Shut my the only one to understand that society has rules that we live in a society she goes mom you can't serve your children just crackers for breakfast and she goes of course not that's why there's also soup like mom does the mom have like clonopin and chardonnay in a water bottle at 9 a.m <laughs> well, like how hard is this divorce hitting her well i assumed well, yeah the most the thing is megan goes first of all the son is like all for it he's like oh yeah also our dog roki roki what is that name? i don't know i was just happy to see a dog we haven't had a decom animal in a while i was down for it and she, megan says that mom has just been really distracted since the divorce and I was like, Megan, there's a wide valley between distracted and, like, not feeding your children adequately. But also, what I thought this was setting up... Megan, was, there's what, a wide... What I thought this was setting Megan, up... Megan, there's a wide valley between distracted and on Percocet and... <laughs> booze. <laughs> what I thought this was setting up was like, you know, a classic mom goof that like, oh, the mom can't cook or something. Or but like, it's not. It's not really. that. It's just that the ch- there's no explanation given for like, she, she like cooks like a seven course meal later or something like that. I don't she know. can cook. She's it's fine. not like that dad was cooking. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that, but whatever. So then she goes to school after her hearty breakfast of soup and crackers and uh, we figure out that she's not very well liked at this school and th- this was the only other pop culture reference I picked up on. Because Related to Jewel? <laughs> yes, because she used to... I screamed. I screamed. <laughs> I knew you were going to love that line. I knew it. She wants to be at the popular table with the girl from Xenon. Yeah. I will never know her with anything else. Uh, it's like Hart. It's like Haley Hartford or something like but that. But whatever. But she's not at the popular table. And she's like, well, actually, I was for like two weeks only because everybody thought I was related to Jewel. Because I told them I was related to Jewel. Is Jewel even alive anymore? I haven't heard of that name in literally months. Yeah, she lives, she lives on like a ranch in Texas. 
Texas, I think. I lost my mind at she's, that reference. She's, she's a songwriting treasure. Of all people. But yeah, say. they found out that she was not Jewel's cousin. And she's like, well, I have a cousin who... Kind of looks like Jewel. I can sing really well. And then they kick, her, they kick her out of the table. Then they talk about Cutter again. Where there's a line... That, this is one of the few movies where I just wrote down full lines. I'm like, I don't have a joke for this. But like, she's talking about her crush, Cutter. And she goes, Cutter Coburn is the most dope. extreme kid in high school. What? But like I said, they're grab they're grabbing the 90s with an iron grip because everything, everything is extreme. Guys, 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 guys. She goes, this, this is what I've literally laughed, like genuinely laughed. I was like, this is fucking funny. She's like, oh, like, you know, like there's one reason that like I love it. Like the Cutter Coburn is the most extreme kid in high school. Smash cut to this kid falling down a mountain. That clip that yeah, they have. Yeah, that's a good, there, there are a couple good like cutaway gags. Yes. That they first let like work once, but then they bring them back later. They bring this back they bring, again. They bring this back again and it's not as funny the second time. But the the thing is like, yeah, they're in math class, which is the only class they seem to have. And Cutter's like, freaking, I don't know, doing whatever. And she's gawking at him and he can't answer the question. She's like, yeah, he's the most extreme. He like boarded down a mountain or whatever. And then he's just eating. And it's just and, a smash cut to him eating it down Yeah, like, like falling, rolling. And she's like, well, he mostly fell, but it's still so cool. And like, Bleh. so he's supposed to be like, you know, a rad 90s kid that she's really into. And she's like, he doesn't even know why I existed. But then he got really into windsurfing. He comes to my mom's <laughs> store. And you know how all kids get really into windsurfing? Yeah. And then we meet the other weird, weird through line of this movie in this flashback to him meeting her at the store, which is a love of potato chips. Why do these keep this coming up? This gets brought up multiple times. I don't... Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I guess that... Was that, like, a thing that is like, hey, kids, you know what? You love soda But also, and it's not chips. even just brought up, but there's also just, like, moments where, like, chips are, like, very central. Yes. Like, when he's... Like, when they have the hot dogs and Cosmo, like, packs the has chips on his hot dog. Like, like, there's just... There's always potato chips around, if yes. you know this. Like, it's always being served. They're always being eaten. It's very, very strange. And, okay, so the thing with... This is also fucking hilarious. When he comes up to her at the desk, and he's like, hey, like, can I have some of those chips? And she's like, yeah, blah, blah, And he's like, what's your name? And the names that he says are vegan, Corbin, Fagan, and she's like, Megan. And I straight up lost my mind at that. Really? Who wrote that? This is... Oh, wow. This is so weird. I I feel like I'm Emma now, where I'm just constantly looking at her being like, really? You laughed at that? I didn't laugh out loud. Normally she looks at me. I didn't laugh out loud, but I thought that was... It was just so crazy that I was like, I fucking respect that. Okay, you know, I I actually have a theory about this film, which is that there's something about these gaseous aliens that makes everybody in the film high and like work on their logic, but Megan is unaffected. And I think it has gotten to Emma through the television screen somehow. Because I think it's the only way she can be this like giddy about how insane all of this is. But I press on. But here's the thing with Cutter. And and, like, we get to see him the most in the scene and then he disappears for like most of the movie. Um, But don't worry, he comes back in a big way. does it's obviously he's trying there this character is meant to be like a big doofus and be like yeah dude like sick and he, he's just not smart and he talks like he doesn't have a good vocabulary or whatever and that's fine but it really starts to wear on you after a while especially in the monologue they give yes. him in the third act yes the thing i did actually like in the scene that i kind of laughed at was he's like all right cool i'll see you later this is also exactly how he talks oh yeah yeah um and she goes uh, I, I like, like your, your hair. hair and he goes thanks <laughs> It's bleach, and I was like, "Oh, we know." And she goes, "I know." Yeah, I know, and I was like, Hilarious. "We all, we all know." Hilarious. I thought that was great. Then it starts talking about the mom has started, you know, trying dating again, and she has, you know, kind of resisted that. We see her kind of like be passive aggressive to her dates. 
And then she finally comes home being like, I've met the perfect <laughs> man. And she's like, his name is Cosmo Cola. Which, which is a great name. And I love that it, name. No, it's not. It's, it's hilarious. Cosmo is fine, but just... For this movie? Cola purposes, just feels like it's a hat on a hat a little bit. I want, I think everything in this movie is wearing six hats, and I like it. <laughs> Actually, that's a pretty good description. That's, you're pretty right about that. <laughs> Ariel is um, wearing seven shirts at once, like, and I love it. And, like, I, that, 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 that's the thing. Is like, I, we talked about up front that it would kind of work a little bit better if they didn't give up the ghost of the yeah. whole alien thing. But honestly, like, they, the, the, what they are doing is not bad, that it's just, like, very obvious, like, they're aliens, get it? And like, I kind nah, of nah, like nah, the nah. whole, like, when the kid is, like, a little bit smarter than the parent. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like... This, no, no, no. It just shows how, like, digmatized this mom is. Like, it's like, come on, you can't see anything is up here, lady. No, I maintain it's not that she's just smarter than the mom. It's that she is the only sane person left on planet Earth. Our little brother's also sane. He literally says he's an alien when he sees him. He's dead on. True, but he's, like, swept up. Like, that's what I'm saying. I think some, they, they are, they're, like, X-Men. Like, they have a gene that makes them immune to the gases of these people. This is when they're walking through the mall that is so wonderfully 90s. It made me. It looks like the mall from Wonder Woman 1984. Yes, but painted 90s. Like, not as bright as it was there. Also, she goes, okay, this is why, okay. I can't explain why I like this movie because I I feel like the writers I have never seen Emma laugh this much as she just remembers things and like, it's so I feel like the writers of this movie were in on the joke. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's some, there's some things that Oh yeah, I think they're self-aware of it. I I think there's some things that happen in this movie and the first time it's said, I'm like, oh my God, like, this is so stupid. And then they circle back to it and I'm like, it's almost like the script is making fun of itself. Like, it's almost like this movie is poking fun at itself but she's literally like <laughs> no i'm not I'm, I'm i will not suffer that this is some avant-garde <laughs> subversion of tropes that only the, the highest mom goes oh you know he lives in the yukon and she goes no one lives in the yukon it's within missile range and i go why would a 14 year old know that what 14 year old knows that the yukon is within missile range and it's a bit and then there's a cutaway gag that's the cutaway the gag with the that's snow not how you say yukon and there's snow and it's this population low. Yeah, and I thought like, oh, that's kind of funny, and that was that was the end of it. Meanwhile, Emma is but they laughing do her it ass again off. later, and then it's even funnier. It's better the second time on that one, I do admit. But also, this is like I, I we've brought this up before, and 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 this is also what I was saying is that I didn't find this entertaining. Is that like when you're have when you have a movie like this where it's like. You know, girl meets girl slash girl meets alien, girl slash boy, whatever meets X, strange, whatever. Um, and they have to, you know, hide them, make the ingratiate them into society, whatever. There's so many ways and avenues to do that to make that entertaining and fun. Um, but they're always from Canada, which is uh-huh. like, we, we always but they always say like hey, you're from Canada. Yeah, that's a classic Disney trope. That's a classic. Like, I think just a kids movie thing. We've brought it up many times before. But also, this is what I'm saying. Like even if you look at something like Pixel Perfect, which is a very similar thing, where it's like Loretta became wildly more popular, much like Ariel becomes more popular than her. They do it in like an actually interesting way. Whereas this, it's just that everyone at the school loses their minds for no reason, as we'll get to. But I, it just I it's don't not, think you're giving this movie enough. Credit. I think you're giving it way too much credit. <laughs> It. But yeah, she uh, she's dating Cosmo now. They go on a bunch of dates, and she's she's like he has a I childlike. Like this. This is a really interesting, um, good movie device device of the movie that I I actually have to give credit where credits is due because usually I just rip apart these scripts. They have Megan on the couch studying, and her mom like leaves for the date. Mm-hmm. But then then Megan's asleep, and she comes back, and she has like balloons, or like then Megan's studying, and she comes back, and she has and it's like a 
a really smart way in like five quick seconds to show, it's like a montage to show the passage of time and that she's going on dates with this Cosmo guy multiple times and then also that he, something is like interesting and off because he's coming back with like these weird objects. The last thing like, like a bubble maker. It's like toys and things like that. But then like, and then on the very last one, Megan's like not on the couch waiting up for her anymore. So that was a good montage. It was a good narrative device to move the, the pacing along. Yeah, but then she catches up with her because she's up in her room playing her guitar and singing. And then, and her, the mom goes, why don't you share your music with anyone? And I go, you can't be a musician and a windsurfer. I said the same thing. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, why are we doing both of these things? And it's not even like a, from a real world perspective, just from a story perspective. Yeah, that's, that, too that's, much. Too that's too much. much. That's too much. And, key, and fun fact, neither really has any bearing on the plot. There's one little tiny scene where this pays off. I was expecting the singing to really have a, a thing. And they, so the mom's like, hey, guess what? Everything's going great with Cosmo. I want to bring him over so you can meet him and you can meet his daughter, Ariel. Um, They're going to come over for dinner. And she's like, oh, great. I love meeting the dudes you date. She doesn't. She's still, as we mentioned, she's still uncomfortable about the whole divorce thing. So then we cut right to the night of dinner. The mom says, like, Cosmo just likes hot dogs. We're not doing anything fancy. And, like, I, 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 I think I said it already, but he has, like, a... The thing she loves is he has a childlike sensibility yeah. about him. He's so wild and so much energy. And I I know he has wild and so much energy because he bursts onto our screen with... Lit- but before he even comes in, though, this was one of her good, really good lines where she's like, the daughter's kind of like sassing the mom. Megan's like kind of sassing the mom back about this. And the mom goes... Oh, like, when did you get such a sharp mouth or something? And she and then goes, you just hear all the things I don't say. <laughs> that was really good. And then also she called out the mom for liking Lord of the Dance, which is another insanely <laughs> time, like, time-dated reference to the 90s. I, I forgot was like, about Lord of the Lord Dance. Lord of the Dance, yeah. everybody drink. It, but literally, I, I, it's hard to describe this without having having watched the movie. Oh, like, when like, Cosmo bursts onto our screen. Yeah, because, like, everything... What that, the fuck is the music cue behind Because everything up to now has been so, like, low to mid-energy. Like, it's been really chill and then Cosmo just shows up and I gotta give I want to give a lot of credit to this actor this actor is great he's doing he like he I think he and Megan are, do really great work get a lot of mileage out of the material yes, they're given yes and this guy delivers some of these lines <laughs> like it's fucking shit he does he takes it so seriously he just he literally like those scenes where he's talking about being a zirconian freedom fighter I'm like I believe him like I he is delivering this shit like I, but it's, the thing is it's he, so he's in Saving Private Ryan and every Everybody he, else is on Disney Channel. He gives... It's just... This is the one of two times where I just get massive whiplash. Where I've just been... I've been settled into comfort. Okay, exposition, exposition, exposition. And then Cosmo's just like, Hey, everybody! But that's ah. what the movies... That's, it's, that's what's supposed to happen. Cosmo's <laughs> oh, thrown their life oh, into crazy... Emma, 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 write me a film paper about it and I, we can talk. But I'm it's not doing metaphor. this with you. I'm not doing this with you. But no, the actually crazy thing about this, when he like explodes with their front door and picks up Megan which like also don't pick up women, especially children. The music cue behind her is so loud. Behind behind it is so fucking loud. I can't even hear the words that they're saying. And it's like crazy violins, crazy circus music. It, it almost like is really, really grating on the ear. I had to like turn my TV down. And yeah, so the whole thing with Cosmo is we're kind of interested. He's wearing a Hawaiian shirt, which again felt very much like a hat on a hat of his personality. He immediately gets along with Trevor and Tre- Trevor's like, uh, the men in black thing is because he's always like, they never call you're him an alien, Trevor. You're an Why alien. do you call him Trevor? His name is Trev. Okay, but yeah. Um, he's like, are you an alien? Are you a good alien or bad? And he's like, oh, I'm mostly a good alien. Like, I just realized, guys, I actually need to go lay down for a moment because I just realized 
why they bring up Men in Black. You just got that that's why he's so into aliens? It's because he likes Men in Black? I didn't realize why he was so into aliens. Also, how did, they, how did they get the approval to use the Men in Black title? That's no not idea. a Disney property. I don't know. I don't know, but I just realized why he has the gun and why he li- it's because he likes Men in Black. Wow. wow. Okay. This You really are like, this is guys, this is like not only, it's like me and Emma have been in these two roles the entire show, and then we got on the same page, and now we're off the same page, but we're on opposite ends where Emma's just like, wow, Luke, you never realized that, and wow, Luke, you found that funny, but now I'm like, Emma, really? Yikes. Um, I also love this scene, because um, I just love how these people aren't even trying to fucking hide that they're aliens. They are bad at it. They are bad at hiding it. Yeah, well, uh, here's the thing with that, is like, I think they actually do Cosmo really well. Like, like I I feel like there's a dude like this that could exist. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like he's 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 meant to be like kind of a weirdo, and I'm like, yeah, sure, fine. They don't do a good job with Ariel, who we meet in literally a second, where she just constantly says insane nonsense, Shit. and then everyone's just like, oh, that's Ariel. That's She's her. amazing. Like I'm like, like you needed to put in a little more effort. She's on literally that. like, I want to go to Zirconia, and I'm like, and she got. I, wanna have, I need. I want to have sex with a bubble, and everyone's like, going like, what a position. I'm what like, anybody gonna ask her any follow ups? Like, like, like Cosmo is at least hiding it a little bit. She isn't at all. At right, all. And, and, and part of it, and I actually think this is. Kind Kind of good world building. I think they should have expanded on this concept. The way they explain it is that Cosmo really likes TV and like he's absorbed like Earth culture mm-hmm, a little bit. Whereas, whereas she has like not done that, so he's very like zany, like people on TV would be. He loves Hollywood Squares. Yes, topical reference. <laughs> the Emma's face as she said topical reference frightened me. <laughs> so it's, it's such a weird unhinged smile. I'm very scared. Um, I don't know why this movie got me so good. But so he said, they're like, okay, where's Ariel? And he's like, oh, she's out in the car. This is where it all begins, where she goes, I fear the wind. She's afraid of the wind. Can you go get her, that's, Megan? This, that's why I wrote this note. It was like, don't fucking say that. If you're trying to hide that you're an alien, don't say she's afraid of the wind. And I was like, conf- and the mom's like, people are scared of wind. I'm like, no, they're not. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's the some. The mom is fucking dumb. I'm sure there's some. The mom just doesn't care. He he could literally have like the man. The thing this mom explain the things this mom explains away in her head. The man could literally ha- be like a seven time convicted axe murderer, and as long as he has a working penis, like it is good to go. Oh, <laughs> I say this and I shit on this woman, but like I have definitely explained much more problematic things away for men than I. Yeah, like. nothing about it is really problematic, but she's like the definition of a character who does not ask enough questions. Questions. None. And like, and that's what I'm Enough! Sa- I would say she asked to zero. Right, right. But like, this is what I'm saying is like, I don't want to harp on that too much because like, obviously in a kid's book, like where it's just like, my mom's burying an alien next week. Like, I, like, I get it that you're not going to harp on stuff like that. But yeah, she goes out to the car and finds... I love their pink retro convertible as well. It's fun uh, Sure. She finds Ariel huddled under the car. Like, not huddled, like... Laying on gravel underneath the car. That had to be really uncomfortable (laughs) for this actress. Um, And she's like, what are you doing out there? She's like, I fear the wind. Um, And then I think we do the... It rewinds. We do the rewind to be from Ariel's point of view. And full on, she's like, I'm an alien. She's also writing in her diary. Which is this weird gold thing she has with her finger and then it goes into... It's like a hologram. Kind of goes into a little aromatherapy pod. Yeah, like a lava lamp. Yeah, that's how how she writes in her diary. And she's like, check it out, I'm an alien from Zirkle. We should say, all of her lines are delivered very like, my lustrous homeworld of Zirkle. Yes, yes. 
Like, very boisterous, and that's, like, the way she talks. It's not, like, how I'm going to describe it. Megan describes it as talking, like, in an affected way. Yes, where like, she's like, verbose. She's like, how, like, I can't even think of one of the Great words. job. She uses crazy vocab words, and I'm yes. going to think of a good example of one. But she's also kind of stunning. And I re- I did not remember her being beautiful, but this girl is beautiful. Well, I mean, it's literally in the story that she has to Yeah, I know, yeah, yeah. It becomes a plot point later on, but I was like, well, I remember her being, like, absolutely stunning. Um, But so she's writing in her diary and is talking talking about why they came to Earth. And I was like, wow, a lot of political unrest on Zircalon. Oh, yeah. Don't even get me started on that. Because at first it's just like, okay, I'm an alien who's actually a bubble. And I was like, all right, fine. I've seen some Star Trek. I can party with that. I did not remember the way these bubbles looked when they show the cut. Oh, it's a of them. It's on a Zirk- CGI nightmare. It's a CGI nightmare. I like. I don't even. It is some uncanny valley shit. It's it's bad. It's. I mean, it's 2000 CGI with a face. Like, what were you but, expecting? Like, the idea of like those bubbles Channel. having like those defined faces it, like really freaks me out. I don't mind the actual look of them in the sinks. Like sure. when they're in this, like you only see that a couple times. Yeah, you only see, but probably because it was expensive because it actually looks good. But like them in the sinks is not as troubling as this flashback to Zircalon where they're floating through the sky. I was very disturbed by this. Yeah, and so we get a bunch of like B roll of this planet, which is apparently just clouds and like glass bottles. They were like, are... "What's the cheapest thing to CGI? Bubbles." Yeah, like that. Yeah. Which I mean, go for it. Whatever. Well, actually, no. I think this base again in the book is that she's supposed to be gaseous. And I was like, I'm fine with this. I was like, okay, she's a gift from a gas. She's a gas person. Person from a gas planet. Fine. And then all of a sudden it's like, but unfortunately the evil emperor Savan <laughs> has labeled my father a freedom. Like- <laughs> and I was like, whoa, whoa. This was the other whiplash moment. I was like, what is happening? She's like, with her boyfriend Fanul and she's like, me and Fanul used to go float. That's how the evil emperor Savan <laughs> yeah. killed my mother. <laughs> it's like, what? What? Yeah. And so like we see like these weird like flying cars chasing them and like they, yeah, they throw the mother into like the atmosphere and like. Is the mom dead? We'll get there in a second. Again. And like they escape through a portal to Earth, and the thing, they, and I was just like, oh, they, so they're like, in, they're, they're, yeah, her father was a freedom fighter. Never, they never explain what he did. But the thing that bugged me about this is we never get an explanation for how they're in human form. It is apparently a thing they can just do. Do, I guess, yeah. Which doesn't make any sense to me. But then there's moments where she gets upset and she's like, I feel like I'm coming apart. And she runs to the bathroom and has to become a bubble to calm herself. Like, I think it's hard to maintain the human form at certain points. I don't know, Cosmo doesn't seem like he has a problem with it. Well, you know what? I'm saying for Ariel, she's 14. Give her Um, a break. It's hard to be solid. uh, Also, the only thing they need to survive is carbon dioxide, which they get by drinking soda. Which is good that they're on Earth, because there's a lot of CO2. There's a lot, there's a lot of CO2, but I think there's way better ways to do it than just drink root beer, but whatever. Yeah, then we get a bunch of scenes of them, like, just also, living on the planet before the they met the mom. the thing where they drink root beer and then their voice changes right after? Yeah. It's so fucking weird, and they also abandon it after it happens, like, <laughs> twice. <laughs> they do. You're very right. But yeah, then we just get some, like, scenes of them on Earth. But the gist is, she hates being here. She hates being in her flesh bag of the she human hates, suits. And she thinks she looks ugly. Yeah. Cosmo's pretty down with it. He's having a great time. Well, Cosmo's uh, getting laid. Well, well not yet. And he's watching TV, and they're they're very rich because they brought along some diamonds from their. Yeah, plan. they're like these worthless rocks, and Cosmo's just selling them on eBay. Yeah, for like thousands of dollars. Their house is crazy. I love their house. It's insane, but it's supposed to be insane, right? Because yeah. Cosmo just buys things that are like you know. Wait, did a you race car? Wait, did you skip over this best character in this movie? We haven't met Serena Sue yet. Serena Sue? We haven't met Serena Sue. Yes, we have. We're about, we're about, I'm getting there is what I'm saying. Because she's... The psychic Serena Sue? Because she vents her frustrations to her dad and he's like, hey, listen, if we go back to Zircalon, we're going to get murdered. This is where he gets very serious. Like, again, the dad is delivering these 
lines very right. well. Because she's kind of taking his acceptance of Earth as him, like, forgetting. He's like, don't you want to go back to Zirklon and see Mother? and Or, like, and, like with Mom? And he be goes... Be close to her? Be close to Mom. And he's like, your mother is thinned out. Which I is, think that means she's dead because in the montage she like popped. Right, but the way she, the way it describes it, the way he describes it, and the way it looked, it looked like she was just kind of dispersed across the atmosphere of the planet. Which leads they me to said look, she joined the, the the atmosphere, which is like their version of heaven. Is it? Because it just I just think she's thinned out, which means please me believe she'll be reconstituted. I think this dude is just like I'm I, mean, over I can, her. don't need to be tied down. <laughs> I think that was supposed to be her dying in that chase. Yeah, I mean, obviously it was, but I'm just saying the but way the they presented it. the thinned out thing was a very weird thing. The way they presented it. And they also, this also, we also get the scene where they explain the whole wind thing is like, because their bubbles, they're afraid of wind. But Cosmo isn't, but like, the thing that got me is I thought they were afraid of wind because they were affected by it. Like, it would mess with their form, which is true in the end, and if there's enough of it. it I don't know the but, actual rules around But that. Cosmo's fine with it. She isn't. But it, it's, it's a really weird thing to visualize because there's all, if you're outside, there's always wind blowing around. Around. Like you could see her hair blowing. It, it's. I wrote down in the scene this dad is doing a master class. Yeah. And like she, because he's also explaining to her why she can't contact her boyfriend. Right. Which they don't make clear in, in the in the first flashback of her life on Zirkelon, but her boyfriend Fanul mm-hmm. is the son of the Emperor Savad. Yes. So she's like, you, he's like, you can't contact your boyfriend because then he'll tell his dad and know where we are and come kill me. That sentence really hit me in a weird way. I'm and I like, said uh, right there, I said right there in the in my notes, I was like, oh, her and her boyfriend are like Romeo and Juliet. And then right after that, oh she says, me and Fanul to star-crossed bubbles. It's good. It's good. It got oh, there's another line. There's another line like that I have written down. Yeah, which is again to Cosmo's credit, where I said the gravity this dude gives the line. Your mother was an extraordinary bubble. Is impressive. I said, what is the timeline of his bubble wife dying to this point? I also, also don't know how long they've been on Earth. That's what I. That's what I can't figure it's out. It's not clear because like how quickly is he moving on from losing his bubble wife? All right, do you want to talk about Serena Sue? Oh, the psychic Serena Sue. Are you, just, are you, are you only going to call her that? Yeah, because okay. that's how she refers to it. It's fucking hilarious <laughs> well go ahead um i my first note was um who's this cat lady psychic and how do i get a show with just her um this woman's living in a house with upwards of 80 cats she's their neighbor and it's somehow weirder than the actual aliens uh, yeah, that i've come to earth she's basically a complete fraud and why is she even in this movie what sir what purpose does the psychic serena sue serve to eat flies. That happens twice. <laughs> and it's not fun. Emma's laughing her ass off, but it's not funny either time. She eats the first fly, and Ariel's like, mm, I shouldn't see that one coming. <laughs> Guys, I like, I'm literally, I feel bad for you. You're literally missing. Emma's like laughing so hard she can't get the sound of laughter out, and it's really sad. <laughs> like, why does Ariel go over there for a psychic reading? Because she's like distraught. She misses her homeworld, and she's mm. hoping, she's looking for guidance or whatever. Got it. And it's just supposed to be a bit. I did write another note about the dad. I go, he's delivering these fucking insane lines that contain things like Bubble and Savad. Like he's in a Greta Gerwig movie. In a what? A Greta Gerwig movie. Sure. The dad is like taking this so seriously. But so then the flashbacks kind of catch up where we see him start to go out with the girl because he's like, we need to start to socialize and meet people. And they go out, they're going out for a while and then he tells her that they're going uh, to dinner. And so then we catch back up. Yeah, we cut back up. And so Megan brings 
Ariel. Ariel inside. Um, Ariel, I did like as a good name for a bubble yeah. person because yeah. it's like she's made of air. And so then we cut to them eating dinner. And yeah, they're just having hot dogs and Cosmo like. But what the fuck? These hot dogs <laughs> were gro- grotesque. Well, because what was the, the buns were huge? Yeah, the buns were they were so small. And then Ariel's is like the opposite. Where the, the massive hot dog, tiny bun. They have huge buns, tiny dogs, almost like hoagie rolls. Why are both Cosmo and Trevor shoving coleslaw onto it? I get Cosmo. Cosmo being, doesn't understand food, so I he just thinks you had all those. There. But why is that even? I just assume Trevor was copying him because he likes that's aliens. Fucking gross. He thinks he's an alien. It's fucking disgusting. Sure, I mean it's no Eddie dog, that's for sure. Ariel won't eat because she doesn't like food, and she says, "I do not like food." Mm-hmm. And the mom's like, "Pasta, grilled cheese. What do you want me to make?" You like, "I don't require food." And I'm like, "You're not even gonna try to hide the alien? Like, no effort." Um, and because this is a children's film where parents are idiots and don't take in consideration anything, they announce, "Hey, guess what? We're engaged." <laughs> We're getting married. <laughs> like they're like, "This evening is going legit terribly." I know. Yeah, I know this is going poorly, but hey, let's throw another wrench in these works. And I really would have liked to see the engagement scene because I feel like Kathy would have been get asked him to marry her or like he would have seen it on TV and like thought that that's what he should do and she would have accepted because she's incredibly lonely and needs someone to hold her um any of those but instead it's just like no and then here's my ring and I was like where did he get a ring I know he's he all the diamonds yeah, but he's not a jeweler he doesn't know how to put them on a ring Emma and then after that there's a scene they've left and Megan and her mom are arguing she goes mom you cannot marry him you only have known him for a few weeks and like and he, but at first she's just like he's super weird and you've only known him for a few weeks and she goes oh you're just being silly and she goes no mom you're being silly and i'm like megan is 100 percent correct also also there's an amazing point where like they're like in this fight and the mom then sits down and is like listen megan i would never megan. marry someone that you absolutely hated proven to be entirely untrue right now when i'm going right to do that exact <laughs> thing exactly that i was like what she's telling you that she's telling you that right now that both of you people are freaks and you're like i would never marry someone that you hated except for right now in which i will be marrying <laughs> i'm gonna use my one to get out of jail free card on this one my one marry a man for free card and then all of a sudden there it is announced that ariel is starting school like the next day with yeah Megan. which i mean she hasn't has been, she not been in school this whole time no and she doesn't seem to require it and like i would have loved to have seen again like a scene where they decided on this where it's like oh this would, no, that would be good for her she's just happening so then we cut to them uh, riding Biking. their bikes to school and she's got like Ariel Ariel has like a bike with training wheels and like a basket and she's on wearing her. a football helmet a football helmet because she, does, she doesn't know and I again don't want to be mean to actors I don't think the girl that plays Ariel does an amazing job over the course it's very I une- like her it, it's very uneven I don't find her performance uh, as consistently good as Megan's Um, but here she does a very good job of being very unsure sure about how a bike works and it's it's pretty good um but like she rolls up it hits the bike wrap flips over it flips over ass over end <laughs> goes over the handrails megan is like oh my gosh everybody's gonna like thinking, think i'm a freak think, who's that weird girl is that megan's friend blah 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 blah. they and then every, immediately ariel takes her helmet off everybody comes tumbling out everybody in the school swarms and we're like hey megan they all who's talk also all the dudes actually talk like this now i think about where it. are they supposed to be like la jolla i think they are supposed to be in california I because the book was set in California, it's never said. But like you know, most decoms, especially from this time, take place somewhere in California. They're like, hey Megan, who's your friend? She's like, oh, this is Ariel, and she's not my friend. Not my friend. She's from the Yukon. She's a kid. And they're like, like how do you know her? Like, oh, from our parents or yeah. whatever. They're like, sick, the Yukon, cool, cool, cool. This is really where this movie lost me because, like I said, there are a million ways to have this other character become more popular and cooler than your main character that have happened in so many kids' films. And this movie doesn't do... Why not just use the most effective one that is the one that really actually happens in real life? It's called being hot. (laughs) 
But Emma, but like true to life. No, but that's true to life. Emma, Emma, here's, here's you the can thing. literally do anything you want here's if the, you're hot. But here's the thing: you Is can it, literally kill just, someone. And get away if with it. it was just being hot and all the dudes like wanted to hang out with her and stuff like that, that would be fine. But the fact that she becomes like a cultural revolution yeah. in the school, where it's like, I love how you protect your essence, she's area. Hot. I love that. No, and then like later on, people recreate her going over the. Yeah. Bike Crack is not. No, that's not adequate. And it's not interesting from a storytelling and okay, film perspective. I think perspective. there's two layers to it. Number one... Well, she's wearing a lot of layers. She's hot. <laughs> yeah, she loves layers. And then number two, I think, like, like the guy attention thing is obviously because she is attractive. And then, Which that and I that, buy. And, that's, and that is makes sense. And then girls automatically then want to befriend the new hot girl to then raise their own hotness, you know, and elevate their own social And skin. then destroy her. And then destroy her, clearly. But also there's, there's another layer that I think maybe the book gets into more that I think the movie could have done a better job with, which is, like, I totally get what they're going for. Again, I'm giving this movie credit that it does not, like, earn itself. But it's like it's the idea that like all Megan is trying to do is like fit in and be cool and like do what popular kids are doing. Like what, like you don't understand that like high school mentality of like everyone is a sheep, everyone's trying to do the same thing. And then when someone comes in and doesn't give a fuck and doesn't do all of those same things, they're automatically like revered as like a god. It wouldn't work if she was ugly. Obviously, you have to be hot first for that to work. But a hot girl comes in and doesn't give a fuck about any of those things. People are like, she's the coolest person ever. (sighs) Emma, I'm going to have to buy you a submarine for how deep you're going into this movie. I'm telling you, that is the point. I I got it. If you're not smart enough to grasp the layers in this movie. No, Emma, you're you're misunderstanding my point. I, I understand what you're saying, and that is true, is that like... That's a good source of, like, conflict and frustration for Megan. But the issue is that it's just not interesting and entertaining to watch. Like, in Pixel Perfect, where this happens, where Loretta Modern becomes a smash hit, it's interesting because there's the whole band angle, and you get to see her perform, and everyone's like, who is that hot girl that's become suddenly popular? And then you can have Sam, who's like, well, I also am in a band. Why am I not cool and popular and beloved and all that stuff? But no just, idea what you're talking But just about. having her show up and not say anything cool or do anything cool. It's just not interesting to watch. It's just everyone, like I'm saying, I think everyone is high on whatever gas she emits and is just like, oh, her essence, the way she protects her essence. Like, it's just not interesting or fun or... There's no shenanigans. I wanted shenanigans, as we like to say. There's no shenanigans that There's ensue. not really a lot of shenanigans in this movie. For, there, there, for an alien going to high school, there should be shenanigans that ensue. It just, it's all easy for her. It just works out. It's called being hot. Sure. Also, I loved, like, Mikey disappears after this scene, but she gets the best line in the movie where, like, Megan walks into her locker and she's like, I don't get it. Why the fuck are all the guys, like, talking to Ariel? Because she's hot, dumbass. <laughs> like, literally, Mikey is me. Mike. Mikey was like... Megan, she's gorgeous. Mikey drags, uh... Her to Phil, then? Drags, you know, drags her back down to Earth. She's like, uh, hey, put two and two together on this one, chief. They're 15-year-old boys, and this girl's hot. And also, the next line Mikey gets is, like, she's talking about, like, I like something about Cutter. And Mikey just goes, Megan, as your friend, that's really pathetic. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, drag her back down to Earth. Put her back where she belongs. But I, also, like, I needed more Mikey then, in this but, movie. But also, yeah, and then Mikey gets, like, high on the gas, and she's like, I'm gonna go talk to her. Like, I want to see what she's about. Like, maybe her mistake... Like, the, like that's what I'm saying. Everyone, everyone in this movie is doing what you are doing to this movie, which is they defend and explain every foible with she's it. An where icon. she's like, she's insane. She look at the way she's dressed. She's like she's defying expectations. It's performance she's art. She's protecting she, her essence. She's protecting her. She's living her life. She's like she. Well, she's always talking. 
talking about bubbles and the way she she likes to. I wrote like I live for the fact that she's instantly insanely popular. Like it takes no time. What I'm saying is, from an interesting, entertaining perspective, if she was saying things like, "Well, I just wish to be a bubble," and then being everyone would be like, "Huh?" and then she's like, "You know, so I could be free," or whatever. Like, have her do it, and like. Just to, like try and cover her ass to not get. She doesn't shit. care. She to cover her ass. She never cares. Like that's that that makes it more interesting than instead of having everybody fill in the blanks so that Megan can feel like the society is crumbling around her. A point of like high school movies though is like she doesn't care, which makes her cool. And Megan cares so much about Cutter, about these girls, about the popular table, which well, still which, not which care. creates the whole conflict between them. And she's like, "You take everything I want, and I care about these things, and you just don't give a shit." And high school automatically, which is, like, a big problem that I have, especially when it comes to women, like, high school inherently rewards coolness upon not people not caring about anything. I'm not saying not caring about the being popular. I'm not caring about the pretending to be an alien, which is the one thing she should care about. She doesn't care. Well, well also, we, uh, there's a lunch scene, and she gets invited to the popular table, basically, but by... But they invite Megan as well, which I thought was nice. Right, that's what I was saying. They invite Megan and, and her, because she said they're going to be stepsisters, and then she's like, that's not a done deal. Let's hold off on that. The weirdest thing is that she calls Heather... Haley or whatever her name is. She's like, you can sit with us tomorrow too, Megan. She goes, thank you, your majesty. And she goes like, yes. And she like bows her head and I was like, was that not a joke? I couldn't tell if she was being serious or not. I thought the girl was going to get mad when she said that. Yeah, I thought she was being like, all right, your majesty. Yeah, but it wasn't played like that. Like she just looked like it was totally normal. I I feel like they misread the implication of that in the script. And so then we get like a montage. We see them. Oh yeah, this is actually before the lunchroom scene. We see them again in math class and she answers the math question perfectly. Which I why I don't like the thing is nobody in the school seems to pay attention in class and but the fact that she's really smart is like everyone's like and really make, impressive that really impresses them it's like it seems like you just don't put a big uh, value on education but okay but then we get a brief montage of her doing other things the best thing that happens and I please tell me you picked up on this was we've seen her singing. We saw her singing in her room. The, the Zirconian anthem. The Zirconian anthem or whatever, which is just, Zirconian, or whatever. It's super high and creepy. Yes. And then we cut to, we, in this montage, we see her at a piano playing, I don't know how she knows how to play a piano, playing it and then singing, Zirconian. And then like everyone in the audience it's is just like, like, oh my God, it's just yes. like, yes. But then there's a music teacher who's just sitting like with his hands crossed, just vibing. Yeah. Just being and, like, and, mm, like yeah, just feeling that beat. To like, your mm. point, Megan's like, this is weird, guys. Yes, like, that's that's what I'm saying. She's the only one who can, like, see through the alien mind control, Emma. Well, can we talk about when she follows her to the bathroom? Yes, because that's also <laughs> in the montage. Because, like, she follows her into the bathroom to, like, see what this sink thing is that she talked about. She also told Marjorie, she's like, what do you do to your hair? She's like, I just sit in the sink or whatever. And she's just made bubbles and think she's holding one and goes, ah, oh, no. we will be reunited one day. And then uh, the, a teacher comes in. And goes, uh, Ariel, are you talking to a bubble? She goes, that bubble happens, happens to be the, the love, love of my life. And Megan looks at the teacher being like, surely, okay, surely, you have to recognize that that was an insane thing to do and say. And the teacher just goes, she's so poetic. And I, she, Megan's just like, are you? I, I, that was what I really felt for yes, Megan. Megan like, was like, I man, somebody's got to institutionalize this girl. Like, like it's like everyone is gaslighting Megan. Like that's what we were saying that they gaslight her at the end, which they do. But it's like the world is gaslighting yeah. Megan. And they also all start dressing like Ariel. Yeah, they're all wearing different layers. Like, and by Ariel dressing wears, like they mean like just putting anything and, on. But pink layers. That's like Ariel's yeah. little like little dress code. She's always wearing like a bunch of like crazy pink layers, like scarves, poncho, like all, and it's usually all pink ish. Right. Then she has 
to take her windsurfing because why? Because the mom's like she fears wind. Something, <laughs> something for you to bond over and like and again. It also seems like a really hard sport to just teach someone. Oh, absolutely, especially one fourteen year old teaching another fourteen year old. I couldn't figure it out. The mom's like, it'll be something for you to bond over. She hates wind. Doesn't matter. I'm making you do it. And also, she tries to keep telling her that listen, it's insane. You're trying to marry this guy Cosmo. He's super weird. You've only known him for like three weeks. And she's like, we're soulmates. And she goes, never say that again. I will take her uh, windsurfing. And so they go out on the beach. And again, this is where she's like, I fear the wind. And there's actively wind blowing Blowing her hair around. I'm like, how are you not, like, how are you just not an agoraphobe at that point? Like, I don't get it. That's why I'm thinking water would have been a more understandable. I think she's in fear of being blown away by the wind. Yeah, well, yeah, obviously that is what it is. But I'm just saying, like, visually representing that as hard. But then, yeah, so she's like, all right, well, I'm just going to show you kind of how it works. And then we'll, then you can try it. But you're gonna have to get over the wind thing at some point. But so then Megan goes off. She just starts carving some whips. And by Megan, I mean obviously a man, double. a man. Well, obviously a full grown man, a full grown man with a hair clip in, just to really sell that it. it's supposed to be Megan. But it was full on like in Brink when it was that muscular dude. dude. It was supposed to be a 13 year old girl. As she's surfing around, she sees. Uh oh, what happens? She sees from the shore. Cutter is talking to Ariel, and it's like she immediately wipes out, and she goes, "Guess what, diary? From then on, it was war." which I was like it's also not war it's not it, it, it fully, doesn't it doesn't, it doesn't literally in the next scene we learn it's not war but then that's where we do the and then we flat rewind back Ariel's we, perspective from Ariel's perspective and I, at first I was like oh god are we gonna have to relive all of that from Ariel's perspective they um, don't they, they like, don't it's, it's an abridged version which works like it, like it mostly picks up like at the lunchroom scene and like where she sees like this one scene everyone starts to fall in love with her and she just kind of like looks around and is just like hmm. yeah she's like I didn't I don't care like, I don't know what's happening with this also this was the the craziest line in the whole movie I please tell me you also picked up on this is <laughs> she goes one of the popular girls is like everyone's really like digging on your whole style and like your essence and all that stuff yes I, I i guess so but i know what you really are you 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 do and then this popular just goes a major cosmetics representative what was that what does that mean i don't even know what that means in the context of the real world like uh, what is like like i was expecting any for any explanation i feel about like that. that's a 90s thing that i just don't understand like do you think she's an avon lady is that yes. what that means who googs in high school but yeah then it cut then it catches up to her at the beach and then this is what i'm saying she she's narrating the diary a little bit but just like none of these i can't i literally don't know i googled it guys i'm not sure she's narrating over this to give her some of her vibe on this whole thing but also the issue with her and again this is not on the actress obviously they told her to be like this deadpan and alien for lack of a better word i don't get how any of these events are affecting her like it just seems very She's very just like, ah, this is happening. You're supposed to say that she's lonely and she doesn't care about these people and she hates it here. Yeah, but that's not interesting to watch the way they're, they're putting it on for us. But then it, we go back to the beach while Megan's out surfing. Yeah, like, um... Ariel gets scared of the wind, so she wades into the water because she's comforted by water in yes. all these clothes. She turns around and who does she see but Cutter on the beach. And the way they shoot this, her name is Ariel. Did you notice how they shot this? They shot her like she was like 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 a sexy coming out of the water yeah, shot. Yeah, like no, but like Ariel, where it's sparkling, like the water's all sparkly, and she's sparkling, like Ariel at the end of the Little Mermaid when it's all sparkly, oh, oh. and she's coming out in the sparkly dress. But instead of a sparkly dress, this Ariel is wearing like sixty soggy poncho layers. I could not stop laughing at her coming out of the water like sexily in all these yeah, baggy so, yeah, clothes. Yeah, that's what it read more as to me. Like like I what like teen movie is that where like the woman gets out of the pool in like the bikini. And they like she would I feel like it's every teen movie that yeah, I, I don't say know it like what that. You're talking about. Whatever, that's what they're kind Fast of. Fast Times at Richmond High. Yes, yes, that's it. And he's like chatting her up, being like, 
what's up? I'm Cutter. Like, and literally within five seconds of talking, do you want to be my girlfriend? And she goes, no, you are vain and shallow. <laughs> and he just goes, well, I don't know what, like, I can't, I'm making him sound like Steve-O. Yeah, I don't know. Like, what, now he, he's really gravelly <laughs> I'm not too gravelly with it. I'm sorry. Because I don't know what those words mean, but I could be both those things if you want me to. Like, and then Megan just like gets in, got a water, be like, okay, bye Cutter. We're not talking to you. We're leaving. And this is where she kind of explodes on her being like, you have taken everything I want. You're at the popular table. Cutter likes you. Ah, I hate you so much. I don't want our parents to get married. Yeah, they have. This is when I wrote this note. So they had this whole fight, and they're like, "I hate you so much." And like, finally, like, I'm like, I kind of like. We're over halfway through this movie at this point. This was like yeah. 44, five minutes. And not in, a lot has happened. And I was like, they're not really at odds. Like, she's just like mildly annoyed with her popularity. And but, like, no it's one knows like, they're aliens. It's not like they're at war and like mm. pranking each other in like a classic Disney fashion. I was like, they're not really at odds. And then all of a sudden, Ariel is then like, well, I hate it here. I don't yeah. like a cutter. I don't like the, I don't care about the popular table. I don't care about any of this. I just want to go home. Megan's like, what? And she's like, you don't want our parents to get married? And she's like, no, I don't want your parents to get married. Like, our parents to get married. I want to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. And then Megan's like, let's team up. And I was like, so now they're allies? Yes. And they were never even really at odds. No. That's what I'm saying about the pacing of this movie. Like, that, what you just described, that they should have been at odds at some point, That's that should be at least conflict one. There should have been this fun and game section in the front half of the movie where they're, like, pranking each other. Shenanigans. Yeah, shenanigans. <laughs> but, and then, at the turning point, they then realize we should be allies, I'm break right, our I'm parents right. up. Are you criticizing this movie with me, finally? No, Are I'm we just back saying, on the same page? I'm just saying that it's strange, the narrative choices that it makes. Yes, the pacing, because that's what I'm all saying. This has become kind of the plot, that they have, like, teamed up to break the parents up so they don't get married. And guys, we're like halfway done with the movie. Like, And guess what? There's like three more conflicts that are going to show up. But let's take a break. But we need to take a break. So don't float away. We'll be right back. I always have my back. Answer when I call through the good and the bad. My sister. My, my, my sister. Hey, hey. My sister. My friend. My sidekick till the end. Always through thick and thin. That's my sister, sister, sister. All right, we're back. So this kicks off their master plan. And I say master plan because it is so weird and convoluted. <laughs> like I, It's just like shit talking. And the whole first part of it where they need to like fake being best friends isn't matter. really necessary. It's wildly unnecessary. Like them, their whole thing of like, so we volunteered to watch my little brother so then we could hang out and like fake being best friends and record a song together and bake cookies. Like that doesn't need to happen. No. For them to then, all that's going to happen is Megan is going to, they literally take pole Polaroids yeah. together to like prove their friendship. And then the plan is for Megan to go to her mom and be like, oh, like now that I'm best friends with Ariel, she was telling me all this stuff and we were talking about how her dad just loves you for how simple minded you are and like just vapid and like not serious and all this stuff like and kind of like say that he was shit talking her behind her back. Yeah, it's like planting seeds of dissent in, in their minds. But my whole thing is like they didn't need to drop a single 
to no, fake friendship. No. They didn't need to make the, the brother go to sleep. Take like ninety points. I also have a theory that they're making that child sleep like eight hours a day. Yeah, like, she's always this. telling the brother to go to sleep. Like he gets up in the morning, goes to school, and he's like, all right, straight to bed. The sisters always like go to sleep. Yeah, and but it's also, and they only feed a potato but chips. It's like, so funny. It's like the, was the mom gonna ask for proof if you like are me and Ariel friends? Well, these Polaroids don't lie, sister. As in a court of law, I think you will find. Yeah, and like Ariel doesn't understand the concept of lying either, which is confusing to me. But yeah, so the the basic, just a lot over, because again, this plan, just the setup of this plan takes so long. And then like the actual disinformation part, it takes forever. The pacing of this so movie, long. pacing of this movie kills me. So yeah, first they tell all the mom that. And so the mom has them all over for dinner again. And she has like, she serves like a fancy fennel seed meal. Fennel salad. Fennel, fennel bulb. Like, yeah. yeah, or whatever. And like plays classical music and, and reads, then reads poetry. Reads poetry, and he just wants to like watch Hollywood Squares. He puts on the Lion King. Yeah, you, no, 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 no. It's not the Lion King. It's Timon and Pumbaa, the TV show, which is another, which is a hot <laughs> Disney Channel pull. Um, Sometimes the brightest stars burn the fastest. <laughs> I would have said on Disney Plus probably now, right? Check it out on Disney Plus. Yeah, he wants to just watch TV, and yeah, he turns on Timon and Pumbaa, the TV show, and she's like, "Don't you find me stimulating? Don't you find?" And he's like, "Why my mind? Don't you think that I'm smart?" And he's like, "No, of course I love hanging out with you, and like, of course I find you very attractive." And she's like, "Yes, but do you find my mind attractive? Are you distracted to my body?" And it's just, it's so weird and dumb, this whole it's conversation. Stupid. But it's like I said, it's, you know, it's kid logic. It's a kid movie, whatever. But so that, that date doesn't go well. And then they tell Cosmo that she... They get in a fight. Right, they do. Which is like, that is like a slight mission accomplished. Now Ariel has to lie to the dad and she says... Oh yeah, this What is the mom's name, Kathy? Kathy. What Kathy put you through was a test. She wants to make sure you're a real man. Yes, and this is the only time we see Cosmo in the sink. And I was like, he likes to do the sink thing, thing too? too? That's yes. not just her? I thought he was secure enough in his solidity. He then... But it's, but it's annoying because they don't show him doing <laughs> That's it. That's what I'm saying. Which is where he's watching Western movies and yeah. he's like trying to be like John Wayne. You're just trying to just be like a cowboy like because you want to be like a real man. Yeah. And so then they go on a date to a pizza parlor and he's like, listen here, little lady, I can provide for you. And like... This actor is again giving this all he <laughs> has. He goes, fetch me a steak. It's raw. Crazy. And this guy's like, Man, sir, this is a Wendy's. Like, It's giving... I'm just going to say, he's going too hard. He's giving too much effort no, on he, it's not possible to it's go like too hard. It's like Phil Collins on the Tarzan soundtrack. It's like way too much, dude. A part of me thinks they had a lot more film than they needed, and so they cut a lot and of Yeah, I think they cut some stuff. Like, I think they, there was a scene of him watching Western. I think there's been a lot of scenes like we talked about of, like, freaking Ariel doing anything to be yeah. cool. Like, whatever. But also, there's, like, Trevor's at the pizza parlor, and they're standing off to the side watching, being like, yes, our plan is working. And Trevor's like, what are you guys doing? And they're like, go away. Bye. And then they are fighting about the way he's acting, and they turn to each other and are like, yes, it's working. And then we cut back and Trevor's just on the mom's lap. Yeah. And then Cosmo goes, Co- yeah, and Cosmo's like, oh, I was only acting that way because they told me that you, you they, want a real that's man. what you were looking for. And so I was like, well, I would have liked to see how Trevor explained that situation to him. The parents also him. aren't even really that mad. No. They're, it's like the stakes in this movie are well, so low. No, I, I think the parents are trying to be understanding. Cause, well, I mean, the mom is because again, yeah. the, the whole, the daughter is not over the divorce. Let's, we're, let's not forget that. So I think the mom is trying to be understanding. But then she actually says this line. She says, listen, I know this isn't easy. And I was like, you definitely don't know that. No, you no. are bad at this. No. You have done the, every step of this process wrong. Also, this was the point when they're watching and they think it's a success. And she goes, we have a saying here called Mission Accomplished. And she goes, we have a say- saying on Zircalon called Gaseous Matter Expanded. Okay. And then goes, Gaseous Matter Expanded. That happens, Emma. That does happen. 
you're laughing, but without making noise again. Like, I didn't laugh while watching it, but, like, <laughs> just reciting it back is so funny. Well, you know what? I was actually also going to bring up that line, but for a different reason. Because she has, we have a saying, mission accomplished, and I was like, is that some kind of a reference? To the George W. Bush thing? Yes, but this predates that. that. I knew it. <laughs> I was like, did it predict the George because Bush Because it wasn't mission accomplished. mission accomplished. I was like foreshadowing. Yeah, it was like, I was like, this movie predicts the George Bush mission accomplished speech. Anyway. For anyone born after 2000, I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, there's a Wikipedia article. But I was, I love, I love that my notes, like, I love how low these stakes are. Like, the parents are, like, kind of understanding, and they're not that mad that they tried to, like, break them up. And then right after, fucking out of nowhere, Ariel's like, that's it. Gotta send a message to Fanul. And I'm like, never mind. She just blew their cover. Stakes are higher. Like, I was like, stakes are yeah, now high. She, yeah, she had asked that if she could message him, and he's like, no. No, because he's the son of the emperor, and then right. you're gonna give away our location. And we are refugees on this planet. Emma, you're taking sounds so serious. <laughs> you sound more serious than Ariel. Emma's taking this more serious than the character of the movie. <laughs> Ariel doesn't value her dad's life. That's all I know. No. Yeah, she wants Fanul to come and get her so they can return to Zergalon and live their lives. I know it's Luke. I'm actually concerned for myself. I'm concerned for you. Wait, they have one more last-ditch effort getting them to break up. Yes, because they're custom them at school, and they're like, okay, so, bit of a snag. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna throw a party and say we want to apologize. We're gonna just have to rely on them meeting somebody else. So I'm gonna invite my dad and try and rekindle the spark that made them like each other in the first place. Is there anyone your dad likes? And she goes, well, there's only one other named woman in this movie, and it's psychic Serena Sue. So I'll have to invite her. So they're like, okay, great. I like how they don't even have a named man for the mom. They're just like dad from flashback. That's all we got. <laughs> uh, his name is Fred, I think. And there's actually a great part of that conversation too, where they realize they they have the, like they unraveled that they're in the wrong for trying to break up this love. Oh yeah, because like what are the, what are the, what is the realizations they have? They're like, oh no, your, my dad actually loves Trev, and like you know what, yeah. my, your, your mom actually reminds me of my gaseous mom. Oh, that's what it is. It's it's she asks her like, what is it that your dad likes in a woman? Like, what did your what do you like about your mom? Because she also she also knows. yes yes she knows that her mom is dead, and that's part of the reason why she like agreed to take her under her wing a little bit at school. Um, and she's like, well, actually, your mother has a warmness that my that my mother exhibited, and I'm sure. That's why. He likes her. He like, likes her. Like they're kind of are slowly like, and then they're like, wait, wait, no, like we got to break them up. Like they're yeah. slowly realizing. And they, 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 they're like, I was waiting for them to go like, are we the baddies? Are we, are we, are we the villains? They plan but, this dinner. Yeah. So they're going to invite them to dinner. They're throwing a dinner to say they're sorry. And they're, they're going to invite Serena Sue to try to hook her up with Cosmo. And, and the dad. And the friend. dad to try to get him back right. with the mom. And they actually say, uh, we're, I'm supposed to be my dad. We're supposed to go to our dad's this weekend. And I was like, oh, the dad actually has some more of custody. Because the way they made it sound is that he just outed from their entire existence. He was just like, oh, good. I don't have to worry about you guys instead of business anymore. They actually say at one point, like, after dad left. And yeah, I was like, dad left. And I was like, he's then, the one that left? Well, they're like, dad left. And we don't really see him at all. Like, they're, they're like they haven't seen him like we never see him and then all of a sudden we're like oh yeah we're at dad's this weekend like he'll he's coming to pick us up and I was like oh so he is like in the picture picking mm-hmm. you guys up shared custody at a certain point but yeah so then it cuts to the dinner and like the mom and Cosmo are walking on the beach or something and they're trying to prepare this meal oh oh no Trevor is a part of this plan she has to convince Trev that Cosmo is a bad alien this is wild it's... why does this need to happen just tell him to fake sick and well I guess she couldn't convince him to do it because that would be part of the plan 
to break him up and he loves Cosmo, he wouldn't have just gone along with it. She would have had to like pay him or something. Mm. I don't know. But she comes into his room and be like, guess what? Cosmo, bad alien. And he's like, no, he's he's a cool alien. I like him. Well, I don't have to show you this. And she pulls out like a packet she made and she goes, I found this. Cosmo's plan to conquer the world. Step one, eat Trevor. And he just looks up at her. Like, Did she print all that out? Yeah, she made a, like a whole like book report, and then he just looks at her eyes full of horror and just goes, "What must I do?" <laughs> like, not not that, like not in those words exactly, but so dramatically. What do I have to do? Like, he's so worried. This is where I had the note that I thought he was actually really cute. This, you know, I think he's, he's a good, really he's a good younger sibling character. Like my notes are so good. My notes are so nice. Like this, literally, <laughs> my notes right now are the spiritual guide. Serena Sue is so funny. Trev is actually very cute. The grinding up all the food is legit funny. Like it's I, not, I it's not funny. <laughs> What are you talking about? Well, and she goes, does it not all end up in the intestinal tract? No, that's not funny. Because she made this whole, uh, Megan made this whole meal of like garlic bread and like a pasta bake or something. And then Ariel just took a food processor and was just jamming it down the feed hole. And she's just taking a food processor and grinding up all the food into like one green, green paste. And she's like, what are you doing? Like it's all supposed to be different parts of a meal. And Ariel's like, does it not all end up in the intestinal tract? And, and I was like, like, how does she point? not, and how does she not know she's not an alien? She's an alien that's at this point. Like, come on. That's why it's so funny. No, it's not funny. Also, why is Serena Sue, the spiritual guide, so horny? She's the horniest woman alive. She's truly one of the hornier Disney Channel characters we've seen. Is she hornier than Kathy? Uh, No, they're both horny, (laughs) but Serena Sue is literally open to anyone, to Cosmo, to the dad. Like, she is just horny. <laughs> she, she was horny for the dad from the, from, for Cosmo from the get. Like, like she was looking well, over she, the fence. She enjoys his energy. Like, it's... looking over. And she, when she literally is like, you died in the Civil War and then you were a raccoon. <laughs> she does say that. That's the thing that she says. And you found that funny? <laughs> she, I feel like you're silent laughing so much out of shame because you don't want the audience to hear you laughing your butt off every single and time. she's like so open for business for these guys. I can't get enough. Also, the dad shows up to pick up Trev and her and she's like you can't you have to stay for dinner Trev is sick mm-hmm. and they go upstairs and Trev like fucking blows it but the dad still stays for dinner yeah well the dad the dad also shows up and is like hey actually I got a lot of work the to dad do. is a serial killer also like <laughs> the, the, that man scares the shit out of me <laughs> I mean I would I'm frightened I would be frightened of him if I, he was my father like if I had to interact his with him on a regular looks basis like it's made out of a tarp also like it's plastic <laughs> his suit is legit plastic like it's just he's dressed so cheaply he's wearing so much hair gel he looks like he's like a, either a mob enforcer or a serial killer I like mob enforcer actually that's, that's why, why he, he's that's why so he, busy that's why he needs to take those calls because if he does he's gonna end up wearing a pair of cement galoshes and sleeping with the fishes sleeping with the fishes but yeah he does stay for dinner the, yeah, Trevor just blows it by saying like will you guys get back together can I still hang out with Cosmo and they're like what all falls apart from there yeah Serena Sue tries to hit on Cosmo a bit and he's oblivious to that and they all sit down and oh also but no before they sit down speaking of Serena Sue being horny her and uh the dad Fred really start to click and I was like is, are we doing this no now reason. no no why reason. does he like Serena Sue just because she's like I understand that you work hard like yeah, she's I like don't... you have a spirit of a warrior and he's like I do and I was like no no you don't yeah you he don't. does he's a mob enforcer he's a <laughs> warrior. I don't think he's a mob warrior. I think he's like a mob lawyer or something. Like He 
does have. He looks like he has better call Saul energy. Yes, like, he has better exactly call. Like, if he doesn't answer his clients, they will murder him. Yes, and they are very. Yeah, I would watch that. I and I, I and his kooky, his kooky psychic wife who can't so find out. Come, they, they get the dad to stay for dinner. Serena Sue is basically straddling him at the table, like <laughs> legs wide open. They're still trying to get Cosmo together with Serena Sue, whatever. Like, but the mom and dad also visibly hate each other. Yeah, it's probably why Megan's experiencing a psychotic break. Oh. What? That's why I remember why he stays because he's about to leave and it's like I, I'll go get in the car. She's like, "Oh, this is my fiance Cosmo," and he's uh, like, "When he's did like, this the, happen?" The fact that he would not be flagged, like, he's picking up the kid, which is like, <laughs> "We're getting married." I think Kathy's the villain in this story. I kind of think so. I think. Kathy and Cosmo are co-villains in that way. Because, like... I love a, Cosmo. I, I, know, I know. I like Emma. I like him, too. But at a certain point, he has... He should tell these people he's an The alien. gaslighting of the child is... He's gaslighting Kathy, too. I mean, she also needs to know that he is an alien. Yeah, he should... Like, can he, he... They have sex? Like, I'm assuming yes. I mean, I... I he's gaseous. Sure. What do you have a penis is more my... Ad- That's... I think, like, yes, they have they have human bodies. Yeah, but what... They don't want to explain the mechanism of how they're able to Well, Emma, they were never going to explain whether or not he has a penis. That's well, that's, that's... I'm just saying, that's a, that's a plot hole. I, well, how do you think the bubbles reproduce? Via, I was going to say via the wind, but they're afraid of the wind. Not the wind. You think you get... You get think you, one bubble goes inside you, another bubble? Oh, yeah. That, but, or it's like, yeah, when two, it's like when two bubbles run into each other. Yeah, and they, they, they have... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Each other. Guys, I'm sorry about yeah, this. Yeah, no, I don't. No. Okay, but also when they're serving his dinner, they're just serving then the gray slop that Ariel put in the food it's processor. Green slop. green slop. Why do they have spray bottles of seltzer like clowns? Well, because I assume... <laughs> on the table. This, well, this is another thing that I assume... There's like four... I assume it's not well it's not exactly spray bottle I assume this is another thing that got cut we haven't really hit this hard enough the entire time Cosmo and Ariel have been chugging root beer because they only need CO2 it's seltzer water which is carbonated water and so since Ariel is planning this meal I think she put instead of regular water massive carbonated water carbonated water but they're like the things that they're like the seltzer water things that clowns have that are like literal they spray like like, I've never seen that in someone's home ever in my life. Oh, it's a thing. I, it's like a it's like a bar thing. It's like a bed bars maybe. Yeah, yeah. Or clowns have them to yeah, spray so flowers. Yeah, more, more known. So I agree with you. But what's crazy is not only is there is there one. There's four. There's, well, there's one per adult. And like you're gonna see why. Because Serena Sue and the dad start getting real hot and heavy, real close together. And the and Megan's like, we gotta do something to break up and all so this. So they're they're ladling the sexual the, heat. They're ladling lizard. the green slop into their bowls, and so she just spills it on Serena Sue to break the tension. And she freaks out. And then Cosmo stands up to, like, help her. And then she just throws it at Cosmo for no ostensible reason. No wonder they make her go to a shrink. This is pretty crazy. And then they, I don't know which one of them begins it. But one of them, yeah, just grabs the seltzer and just starts spraying all the, these grown adults. Well, just start, at first, I, well, no, Cosmo, what it is, and I don't remember what it starts Cosmo, TV, you know, slapstick, whatever. He starts, like, spraying. He's, I, like, finally. Yeah. Which is, like, you can tell he'd seen food fights. Yeah, I, that's what I thought it was going to be. It was going to be a food fight. But instead, no, he's just spraying It's water. a seltzer fight. Oh, I forgot. Speaking of Cosmo and TV, the one other cultural reference, which was possibly the biggest reach of them all, was in the Trevor scene. When he's pretending to be sick, 
He goes, he goes, I'm coming, Elizabeth, <laughs> which is, and then they cut to Cosmo being like, ah, Fred Sanford, which is a Sanford and Son reference, because the dad, the dad would always, the dad would always pretend to have heart attacks. <laughs> and I was like, Disney why Channel. Why is that four-year-old make a Sanford and Son reference? He's seven, but Disney Channel, why would any of your viewing audience know what Sanford and Son is? That was amazing. <laughs> I laughed at that legitimately. You did? And then didn't write it down. How do you know what Sanford and Son is? I know what Sanford and Son is. I'm surprised you don't generally know old TV like that. I mean, I know the, like, I'm going Elizabeth, like, Yeah, that's the the big one. Yeah, yeah, that. I got that. I I didn't get it when the kid did it, because he was seven. Yeah. But when he said Fred Sanford, I was like, oh, it's a Sanford and Son thing. And he's doing that. Because the kid, by the way, doesn't do it well, because he's fucking seven. But, yeah, so while this water fight is going on between grown adults... Ariel um, freaks out. She feels like she's coming apart as she does from time to time and she needs to go sit in the sink as she tends to do. Megan, while this fight is going on, is like, you know what? I'm just going to get to the bottom of this. What is she doing in these in the bathroom? Right. So she just kind of barges in and like looks in the bathtub because we last time she did this at their home, she came out of the bathroom just fully soaked. Yeah. And the mom was like, well, maybe, maybe she, she fell in the tub. She, she said sink. She was mistaken. She meant bathtub. She looks in the bathtub. There's nothing there and just sees, which I think is maybe the most famous shot from yeah, this. Yeah, this is the shot that I remember. Yes. I, I haven't seen this and I knew this shot. Her in the bathtub and in, in the sink screaming at, at each other and Megan runs out being like oh she's an alien blah my gosh and then literally smashed Hard them, them taking order to a shrink right and this was where I was like okay I understand Cosmo wouldn't want to say anything in front of Fred and Serena Sue the spiritual guide Serena Sue sure, you said psychic the first half the and spiritual I, guide okay that's so, what it is so I, I wrote it down and I only got to it later okay I understand that but the, now there's the point where he like I said they made her go to the shrink they are actually just gas Gaslighting this child into thinking she's hallucinating. Yes, and like the shrink is being like, "You're not over the trauma, the divorce, the, the divorce. and it's, you're creating a delusion." We all feel like we're aliens sometimes, you know. And the mom again being terrible. They have the conversation here finally, where she goes, "Hey, just circling back to Act One of this movie, Mom, you said you wouldn't marry someone." I hate it. I'm saying right now, don't marry him. And the mom goes, listen, if I thought your fears were justified at all, which is literally the biggest fuck you. Yeah, it's like, it's like, listen, and if I thought you had an ounce of good judgment in your body, <laughs> sweetie, I wouldn't marry him. And if but I, were, I don't think your opinion means anything. And if I wasn't high on Percocet and Jack Daniels at the time <laughs> when I said that. If I hadn't just dropped an Oxycontin <laughs> into my glass of Sauvignon Blanc, then I would maybe listen to you. You can't caveat that with like, yeah, you know what? I did say that. Now, I don't believe anything you say. But if the thing that gets me about this scene is she asks the shrink, she's like, this has been so hard on her. Should we go ahead with the wedding? And he goes, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Not even a question. Pedal. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, are you you're just the kind of shrink that just tells people what they want to hear and takes their money. If my wedding, and I don't want to be prescriptive, because I don't know how good the D from Cosmo Cola is. I can only assume. <laughs> Emma, Emma, it's out of this world. Out of this world. I hate you. It's out of this <laughs> I can only assume absolutely galactic dong, but like here's <laughs> mine was better. <laughs> but like here's my vibe, my thing is like I can see doing a lot of things for love, but like if my only daughter was experiencing like deep powerful hallucinations because of how upset she was by my impending marriage to someone I had known for two weeks, I think I would pump the brakes on it. I think I would maybe pump the brakes. Well, see, you're, but you're mistaken there, Emma. It's like I said. 
Everyone in the world is insane, and Megan is the one sane person. By that logic, she is the one the insane, insane person. person. Yeah. So everyone else is right, and she really right. is like a crazy like reversal. Like, why is she at the shrink? Everyone else should. Be- it's like a reversal of like you know those movies like it's like you wish and um and like read it and weep where it's like from the outside this person is having a mental. Yeah, a mental, health, a mental health crisis, and people should be saying something. It's like the version that where it's like everyone else in the world is having a mental, mental health, health crisis. break. Like yes. everyone else is genuinely acting off. Also, yeah, the wedding's happening. They're happening. This is the wedding. This is the wedding. This is what I'm saying. The pacing of Why this movie. Why is the mom dressed like an alien on her the wedding day? She's the one person that isn't an alien. She's literally wearing what I can only describe as like an elven Lord of the Rings or alien. It's not tiara. a nice dress. The tiara is insane. Yes, and it's not a nice dress. No, I it's awful. I did not like that. Luke, dress. get her. Yeah. Say no to that dress honey the girls look cute i love what the girls wear i mean even as a kid i liked what the girls wear they're in these little purple lilac dresses and then they have these cool this was like a very fucking sick 2000 thing they have their they're the bridesmaids and they have these cute headbands that have like little gemstones tied into like the wiring like they're almost like little like tiers but with like cool crystals and rocks they're like really cool but here's what i'm saying so the wedding is happening we have there is this movie gives no time to experience the fallout of megan finding out that they're no, aliens none, none none and again i don't it's I, point where like they're at this wedding she knows that she's an alien and she's like hey can you go find Megan Megan she's like oh yeah I guess I'll go find her like yeah. Megan's given up Megan is now completely she's been lobotomized no, yeah, they're, they're like go find Aaron and there's like the alien and then she's like don't start just like oh fine like, right. like she's given up she's like alright it's good it's it's that point of like lost hope where it's just like I have to conform to this world yeah that is, this is the world I live in around. yeah this, this is the, is world, the I, world I live in this is the world I live in we, we don't get to see any of the fallout of her finding out about aliens because now the conflict Savad. Savad is back, baby. Savad. A man that we've literally never seen. We barely see him in the flashback as a bubble. No, yeah, we don't. Savad's here. He shows up. Ariel's in a room, all distraught. And Fanul shows up. And she's like, oh my gosh, Fanul. My love. My love. Oh, you're here. Take me away. Let's go. And then Savad shows... For the record, they're they're both in human form already, which is really boring. They both also have accents, which... But they have different accents. Where is Fanul from? I don't know. doing an insane voice but then when he starts screaming at the end he has an Australian accent comes out of nowhere oh it's probably Australian because this is filmed in Australia oh it was yeah he's Australian Fanula yeah. is for sure it, he, I think he was trying to cover it up and make it sound more like Regency like formal but then all of a sudden when he yells at the end I was like oh that's that's an Australian accent maybe that's, Australian that's why all the dudes talk like surfer bros to get them to cover Australian accents Cutter is not an Australian I don't know that's an American child I don't know well, they're, they're, they might not all but like, but like the extras but too but Fanula is such a small role I bet they just yes. grabbed a hot Australian kid off the street for sure and then yeah Savad is That's there cast movies Savad is <laughs> also do I know Savad is also there <laughs> he's like my boss in he's what well, I could not tell you what accent he's doing either that's fucking it's, it's like that generic kind of British villain voice yes. where it's like you oh, will not not me not forgo my rule yeah like, yeah I'm, it's not British but it is but it's uh, just it's evil like, and Russian kind yes. of it's yeah and what's weird about this scene it feels is, a little Hans Gruber yeah yeah that's a good comparison it's not that good don't no worry. yeah because because alan rickman was actually trying to do uh like a, a german yeah. eastern european accent and he would just kind of fall back into his british accent a little bit he, he this guy's just doing whatever but what's weird about this scene is so he's come literally across the cosmos wink um to arrest her dad yes and freeze him is the punishment yes. they get frozen because gas and they just start having like kind of a chill conversation in the middle of her bedroom 
where he's like, oh man, this Earth is pretty wild. She's like, yeah, and you know, you get used to it. And it's supposed to show that she like, she likes Earth now. And she's counts herself among the Earthlings. Yeah, we've never seen that. Tra- that, that uh, completely out of nowhere. But not only that, I'm like, it's completely irrelevant to the discussion. And she's like, they have heart and warmth, these humans. Like, and I'm like, do they? You've never seemed to really warm to this planet. Like, is he planning to take over Earth? Ostensibly, he's just there, there to, to arrest re- Cosmo. To, to arrest them. Well, he wants to arrest her, too. He says he's not going to freeze her, though. Because Fanul likes her. her. Yeah. But after their weirdly chill convo, who pops in? The spiritual guide, Serena Sue. Thank you. I'm just pointing it. I'm yeah. going to make her say it from now on. She's she's like, oh, who are these guys? Uh, they're Oh, friggin', I, I forgot the other thing. But one second. Uh, they're also from the Yukon. And what I forgot was <laughs> when the dad was at dinner, they were, he, and he met He's with from Cosmo. the Yukon. The and, dad goes... No one's from the Yukon. And then it cuts back. Back to the Yukon mountain thing. And it goes, the Yukon population still low. Yeah, low still. Still fucking hilarious. That was good. That was bad. They made it work for me. But yeah. uh, The spiritual guide, Serena Sue. Is like, oh, well, it's so nice to meet you. Uh, You know, a friend of Cosmo. She's like hitting on him. Oh, yeah. She'll hit on anyone. Absolutely. And he just is like, well, I'm tired of this. And he pulls out a Men in Black contraption and freezes her. Do you think this movie was influenced by the success of Men in Black? Yes and no. No, I mean, I think the book was written pre-Men in Black. So, like, the concept of just, like, you're getting a stepsister who's an alien. What? I just do think that this, you know, I think we have in the history of pop culture, we have certain kind of creatures have certain moments. You know what I mean? Like, in the, you know, mid-aughts, we had a big vampire moment. We had the Twilight era. Like, you know what I mean? Like, in the mid-aughts. Aliens were pretty hot in Like, 90s. I think, I think, like, in like in the way that, like, vampires and the, and the Twilight and all that shit was big in, like, 2000. 2010, like the mid aughts, like there was a Twilight era. Then there was like after that, I would say the zombies had a big moment, oh, like yeah. The Walking Dead and shit Emma, like that. Emma, we've reviewed zombies and, and zombies, and like now, I think at this time, like late 90s, I think aliens were having a moment. There was shit like Signs, there was Men in Black, like there was an alien moment in the late 90s, very early aughts. Wonder what the next one's gonna be. I don't know. I want to say Robots was like the 80s. But I think it's like cyclical. You think we'll go back? To- yeah, I think it's like fashion where you circle through your creatures. Hmm. Like, I think we'll circle back to aliens, maybe, with this new zombies. Right, but I think I would say before aliens, like in the 80s, it was robots. So I think yes, like, I would say we'd go back to robots. We'd go back to robots first. I don't really like robots. Boy, boy what's the way we get robots? I think you can do a lot with robots. I just don't like robot movies. Like, Chappie? Good. I fucking hate the movie Chappie. <laughs> did, did you see Chappie? Yes. You Dad saw it? made me watch Chappie. <laughs> I've never seen it. was that. the worst movie ever. <laughs> you guys, you need to understand that Luke somehow gets out of this shit because he doesn't care about our parents loving well, that's, him. No, that's because I, I pick good movies to watch with Dad. And my dad has forced me to watch some of the worst <laughs> movies ever with him. Chappie made me want to actually never watch another movie again. And I think Chappie's actually why I hate robot movies. <laughs> that sounds about right but you're very off topic so um Sorry, they freeze the spiritual guide serena sue uh and and she i say frozen she just looks like a bunch of grains of salt like she's all blocky and it like, wasn't how i pictured the freezing no. to look i mean i knew it wasn't gonna look good it's the year 2000 I, on disney channel i get it they did what they could but so they freeze her and the emperor's like fanul watch ariel i'm gonna go find cosmo and then we're getting out of this this is awful just so planet. non-threatening and he just like locks them in a bedroom. I was like, yeah, he just locks them in a bedroom. I was like, does Fanul have a weapon? Overpower him. There's like three of you and one of him. <laughs> yeah, he also is like ostensibly just standing by the door. He's not even like t- holding them. They're not tied up. Nothing. Right. Because Megan comes in a bit later. And, and is like, what's going on? What's going on? Why is 
the spiritual guide Serena's too. Why is she frozen in this corner? And then she's like, okay, guess what? Uh, I like how Megan just isn't phased by shit. Now that she's all the bubble, no, she's, she's like, like, yeah, why is she a block of ice? Yeah, she's like, oh, by the way, you were totally right. I'm an alien. Um, bad aliens are here. This is my boyfriend, Fanul. He's the son of the emperor. He's the son of the emperor. I thought he was a good alien. I think he's a bad alien, though. They, they froze. The spiritual guide Serena's too. And they're gonna do the same to my father. And this was the weirdest curveball of them all is... Fanul's into Megan. Fanul looks at Megan and it's like... And it makes a weird noise. I Which think. also doesn't make sense because inherently He's they're supposed not... to be disgusted by the human Yeah, forms. I said the same thing. If He like didn't want Ariel to touch him. Yes, he also, that's, Ariel, that's Ariel's boyfriend. Yeah, he doesn't like uh, physical contact. One thing is like, I find that physical closeness repugnance. As they're in these forms. As they're in these forms, yes. And so I... The fact that he is down with a bag of skin, as they say, which is a gross term. But, but he's, he's into Megan instantly. <laughs> they actually, it's not here, it's in a bit. But th- this whole, like, ending scene has no rhythm or pacing. It's kind of it's pointless. It's crazy. It's kind of pointless to try and chop it up. Because who's also at this wedding? The one and only. Cutter. Cutter. Who got invited for some reason. Why is Cutter here and yet uh, her best friend Mi- Mickey isn't? Mikey. Mikey. And why is he wearing a Hawaiian shirt to a wedding? And Cutter also then comes up. Why does he come join them? Because uh, he needs to also go find her. Because they they have not returned from finding Megan and Aaron. Why find- Kathy go in the fucking house herself? She's got think? she's running this wedding. She's got a lot going on. And so he goes in there and he gets involved in this. And He's they, then being held hostage. And they basically have to... They basically... I'm not... Guys, I really can't go over all of the insane points that are brought up. They essentially decide to try and talk Fanul down. Yeah. Into, like, standing up to his dad. That he's not really a bad guy. He, oh, also, Cutter off- offers Fanul an Altoid. And Fanul goes... Curiously strong. That's nothing that you just said, Emma. <laughs> and Altoids paid for it. <laughs> Was everybody just that fucking like obsessed with Altoids in the year 2000? Like they were something new? What was that? Have you been replaced by someone from Planet Weird? Because I am truly shocked. Because this is that this is just is... so crazy that they say that in the middle of the climax of the movie. They don't say they don't use the term Altoid. They just say mint. But it is an Altoid. Okay, whatever. The point is. Then they use the catchphrase for Altoids. Oh wait, that's the catchphrase for Altoids. Yes, dumbass. I don't use Altoids. Altoids. Oh. Their whole slogan is curiously strong. Oh, I didn't and know. And Fanul says it. I, okay, that makes more sense that you were surprised by that. I didn't know that. Okay. <laughs> that's why I was like. Altoids I that. didn't understand. I thought you meant the product placement. But they are they decide to talk Fanul down and they talk about like, listen, Earth is a planet of choices. Like And we, the whole thing about Svod is on Zircolon. Close. Zircolonium. Zircolon. Zircolon. On Zircolon, his home planet, the Emperor Svad, it's like it's a dictatorship. It's authoritarian rule. And there's no freedom. You can't choose when to float, and and Svad has his son Fanul on a tight leash. He can't choose when he wants to free float, and that's what he likes to do and so their selling point to Fanul is like listen you can do whatever you want here like it's the freedom of choice on earth like there's so many things you can do you can go kite surfing you can go windsurfing you can skateboard you can go down a mountain and they play the mountain <laughs> cliff I think it's supposed to be a different mountain cliff actually and then he's like oh that does sound nice you ever what like Fanul's like that sounds nice and uh, Cutter goes definitely Fanul Emma I'm very nervous <laughs> so funny. It's not. Um, and then at one point... And then Cutter has, like, the whole the ending chi- monologue. He has the chips monologue. He gives a whole monologue. He's the 
Seth, they, we have so many different flavors of potato chips. Like, <laughs> what other planet has that many different flavors? And they're all like, delicious, except, except the yogurt ones. ones. Which is a little weird. And I'm like, why does this side character... The girls are basically silent. And it's what ostensibly, ostensibly is their movie. And he hasn't been in the movie for the for past, the past hour. minutes. And literally, he is getting the final ending monologue. And he's basically one the one that sways Fanul to their side. Yeah, because he's like, you know what? You're right. I'm going to have a word with my father. Let's get out of here and so they go we need to also talk about the fact that spod is creeping around their wedding yeah looking for cosmo finds cosmo playing with trev playing with trev and there is a heartbreaking little like life is beautiful moment where he you know the movie like heartbreaking (laughs) did you just use the term heartbreaking i think it is i think it is and compared it it to life is beautiful i refuse to let you you're comparing the emperors of odd to nazi germany emma no but like the moment the whole thing about life is beautiful guys you haven't seen that movie is like the dad is trying to like hide the atrocities from nazi germany he's trying to hide atrocities from his child from nazi germany what's happening here there's a dictator trying to kill Cosmo and to protect Trev, he pr- plays a game with him, and you can see it in Cosmo's this amazing actor's face oh where he's God. like, he's like, oh shit, this guy's gonna kill me. And he gets Trev off his back and he's like, listen, you know, it's my friend Savad. He loves to play hide and go seek. Like, you're gonna go hide, right? We're gonna count to 100, go hide. Trying to get Trev to safety, where I was like, he's a good father to this this boy. Like, and it was very heartbreaking. And he's like, he's just gonna sacrifice himself. He's gonna make sure that Trev is okay. Was that not moving to you? No! It was just, well, yeah, you just tell him to go get out of here because it's a, like a thing. I think that actually did an amazing moment there. But yeah, he walks him to like this uh, place behind the garage and opens a portal with his men in black device and is like, step through and then I'll freeze you both, which I don't understand why he doesn't just freeze them here. I guess because you can't, it's hard to move them through the portal. Yeah, hard to carry. Um, but then the kids come out and are like, hey, Savad, uh, leave Cosmo alone. And he goes, hey, I'm the one with a gun. This is where I said, but, why is Fenua weirdly Australian? <laughs> but then, the, yeah, he, he, yeah, he stands up to his dad. And then He's like, he, stop, I'm not going with you. Yeah, this is a, that, that was the third conflict I was talking about, by the way, yeah. it was Fenua with his dad. Um, and then uh, somebody, Ariel or Megan or whoever, or Cutter, just comes out with a bunch of hair dryers, because um, she had tried to dry Ariel's hair before. And Ariel's and like, start, no. They just start waving him. They use them like guns, and they all point them together. It's Cutter, Fenua, Ariel, and Megan, and I always like this part in this movie, and they put the hair dryers up, and they... <laughs> And a little team. I don't know why Cutter's even involved in this. Yeah, but, like, my issue is, like, why did this work? Because he... Oh, I don't know. Because he's in he's solid... In his human form. He's in a human form. It shouldn't have any effect on him. And, but it just turns him into his bubble form. And then when he's in and his bubble form... And then they blow him in his bubble form. Yeah, but, but he's, even though when he's in his bubble form, he's the, the hair dryers aren't powerful enough. And then who comes out? Trev. Trevor f- comes out from the garage where we had seen him hiding. Like, freaking Rambo with a machine gun. With a leaf blower. With a leaf blower. And he's like, say hello to my little friend. And <laughs> And uh, starts it up, and they blow the bubble away and, and uh, disperse him. And Did I Fendul just murder his father I said, in cold I, blood. I also said that, but later on, he says he's later like, "Must you return to Zirkelon?" And he goes, "Given the state of my father, I must his current condition. His current I condition. must go rule." So he is alive. And I'm like, "Is his current condition death?" I don't know. If he needs to rule in his father's place, I don't know. That's I, a Lion King. I the feel, father is dead. I definitely feel like he's dead. I feel I, like that's I feel what like, happened in the mom. 
we're assuming she's dead. I agree. But I, I like, I don't want to undersell it to you people. The end of this movie is them fighting a giant bubble with hair dryers. Like, and that's it's great. It's, it's a thing. The end of this movie is the reception dancing, and I love it. They end it with voiceovers, and they're dancing at the reception, and they're all dancing super weird. Oh, also, yeah, Fanul and Megan are in love now, and then the weird Cutter and Ariel are in love. Are, and she's like, I have a new boyfriend. It's this Cutter kid that I hated. That we have shared five words with and have no chemistry with. Yes. And then also, um, the biggest gripe with me, also, they there's a scene that she's at the popular table now. Yeah, good, and, good and they're like, everyone can sit here. Could they invite the popular girl to sit with them? Yeah, I guess. But the biggest thing was me, so is, is no one going to tell Kathy that Cosmo's an alien? I don't know. Because I feel like everybody kind of knows now. Yeah. And she should probably know that. Cutter knows, and he's not Cutter even knows. a real important character. Got Trevor knows. Like, is Serena Sue still frozen? I think we, we see, see her we dancing see her, we at see the, her, the end. We but... see her at the wedding, too, yeah. Like, because they get they unfreeze Cosmo and get him up to the altar in time or whatever. So I think she's fine. Um, but yeah, then the movie just kind of ends. Yep, and that's over. Yeah, that's that's. But it. the reception looks fun as hell. And that's this movie. There's a great, it great was, movie. It was not great. It was mediocre at best. Like, it's just not entertaining. Like, I think that has very good elements. And I don't want to, I'm not trying to, like, rip into the plot of it for being silly. Because I think it knows. Like, I'm says, I do think this movie is, to a certain extent, self-aware. But the story it's trying to tell and the way it tells the story was just vastly uninteresting to me. Wow. I thought I loved the way they told this story. I do think that they don't um, explain some things, but I like the world building. I like Zirconium, whatever it is. Zirkulon. Zirkulon. For the love of God. I, I like Zirkulon. I like all these characters. For the first time, I didn't hate a main character. And I think that the actors are all doing a good job. Like, I liked all the stuff you brought up, too. Like, about, like, them becoming sisters and And I like the tone. I, I love movies about sisters. I said this at the end. When they're together, and I'm, I'm like, that, and she goes, that's my sister. I love movies about sisters. It's not about them becoming sisters, though. They barely become friends. I don't believe they like they're each other They're allies at best. But I like movies about sisters. I like a two female leads. I don't know. I I like the humor in this movie. I like how weird the script is. I don't know. I like the r- random references. I like this movie. <laughs> I mean, I truly cannot stop you from doing that. But it's just, I'm, for me, it does not work in many, many ways. And uh, and for me, it worked like a charm. It worked a scary amount. What, did you, what, what do you want to rate it, Emma? I would like to rate this movie an 8.5. Solid four for me, dog. Wow, that's, that's probably a... the biggest divide of this season. No, I... it's the biggest divide we've had in a while. I loved this movie. Was not a fan. Don't think there's much here. Maybe, like, I guess maybe if you actually remember this movie in some way, you can enjoy it. But I do not think there's anything worth your time. We do the tagline to this, and Unless I use... you love great humor, and I use the, the term tagline. Very loosely, because it's it's nothing. Is just oh, actually, uh, I kind of stole it from already. She's out of this world, and so is her dad. That's, Great. That's nothing. That's I love no- it. That's nothing. I love it. I would say sometimes sisters come from the stars. That's worse. That's better. That's not good. That is much better because that's at least about something. Sometimes the- sisters come from Uranus. <laughs> that's that is nothing. They're not from Uranus, Emma. <laughs> They're gaseous. Yeah. Sometimes sisters are gaseous. <laughs> Sometimes your sister is a gas. <laughs> this girl and her dad, just a gas. Just a gas. It's all that's the tagline. It should be it's a gas. It's a gas. It's a gas. Or in terms of both how fast this wedding moves, gas pedal. Like gas pedal. Gas pedal. Gas pedal. Oh. Not even the wedding. The whole goddamn movie. Well, no, I, that's not true. It is the beginning is so unbelievably slow, and then it's like and then it steps on the gas yeah, pedal. Then, then it like just gets it it, it. it ramps up speed. It starts out slow, builds, 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 builds fast, fast, and then by the end of it, like, everything is just resolved in, like, five minutes, and it's 
very unsatisfying. Do you want to know what we're watching next month? What are we watching? I, you know what? I had a movie picked out, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to spite you a little bit. No. I'm going to show you a movie about real, a real movie about sisters. Please tell me this isn't about robots. Join us in May. We're watching Double Teamed. It's almost impossible to not hear the name of that movie and laugh. It's really not. How did it make through? Make it through every round? Because <laughs> not everybody thinks of a three-person sexual act. Would you hear the word double team? No. I agree to disagree, sister. It's about a pair of twins playing basketball. That's right. We're doing another sports one. Whatever. It's happening. But it Basically is... every of these movies. I didn't think this was a sports one. Half of it's about fucking windsurfing. It's not half. It is Lara's a small windsurfing because it's a hobby at this point. You get that point, you could say it's about music. Um, it is about two twins who play basketball. Who are not played by twins. Who, who go on a journey together of emotions. I remember fucking learning that they weren't twins, and it blew my goddamn mind as a I, child. I don't remember. I remember watching this There movie. was a behind-the-scenes featurette they played on Disney Channel about this movie and the casting, and they are not twins, and it's fucking sure. wild. Um, but I remember really liking this movie. I remember it's being, based on a true story. I remember it being, like, good. I like, remember basically every beat of this movie. Like, oh. I think I remember almost everything that happens. The only thing I remember is they have to go somewhere to play basketball, and, they, like, the apartment complex is bad, and it's called, like, Sandy Shores, but the H is it's missing. Really? It's Sandy Shores. Sandy Shores. <laughs> and then at one point, they go play basketball and like the guy that they like takes the H and shoves it in the basketball hoop to make it stand upright and they're like the missing H, H. that's where it was you took it mm-hmm. that's all I remember this is a really specific part of the movie yeah that's what I remember I don't know but, but yeah, yeah come back for that come back for that Emma where can people find you on the internet at Emma Stone Tyler on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can find me on Twitter at Wildfire underscore King. You can find my Patreon at patreon.com slash Lucas Tyler. Thank you so much to everybody supporting me there. Um, also, you can check me out uh, over on twitch.tv slash Surely Ann on Thursday nights, 7 p.m. Uh, we stream Nancy Drew games, uh, me and a couple of friends, and it's a real fun time. Come along if you think you'd enjoy that. Um, but as always, you, sh- you can find us on Twitter at D Comedy Podcast. Give us a follow. Become a loyalty comrade, and you can rate and review us on iTunes and Google Play Music, wherever they let you rate us. Uh, it really helps us out to do that, and it's very, very nice of you, and we like you when people say nice things about us. So please do that. Thank you. Oh, also, you should check out all the great shows on audioentropy.com. I, there's going to be one you like, I guarantee it. Uh, Emma, do you have any other business? No. All right. Well, have a good month, everybody. We will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. DCOMs forever. Uh, hey. I remember you from school. What's your name again? Corgan, vegan, pagan? Megan. Megan. Hey, do you think I could have some of those chips? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, man, these rule. What are they? Barbecue. I mean, sour cream. Sour cream and onion. Windsurfing's cool, like, you know, because there's wind, right? And then also you're surfing. So you're like windsurfing. I never thought of it that way. Well, uh, thanks for the chips, uh, Megan. I'll see you on the water. I like your hair. Oh, thanks. Bleached.